like think that you'd go fantastic in that car straight away? Like, did you have any expectations on it or like yeah, the team? Yes and no. Or, yeah, yeah, they they sort of. I think they they didn't expect me to do ridiculously well in a way. Um, we've had a few Australians go over there in the past, but they've all been blokes who have who were in the real early days of TA2 when there wasn't really too much competitiveness mm. and and. They sort of just yeah, went, went around there and, and cruised along. The TO2 over there now is so competitive. Mm. Um, in America? Yeah, it's huge. So yeah. all the all the, all the the kids trying to go to NASCAR now mm. go on TO2 to try and get better at road racing. Yeah, I'm going to head over right. there. So, yeah. And you, you can tell the kids who have been on the oval and the kids who have grown up in circuit racing as well when you race against them because the, the kids have been in circuit, mm. one's breaking late, pulling up, driving out, yep. where the kids have been on the oval, break early and just keep all the, the corner momentum up. Yeah. So it was, it was different racing and so many different driving styles. So um, you could pick them up when you were racing at Circuit yeah, Americas and just yeah. that's kind of like what Bubba, we're watching Bubba, Bubba Wallace's Wallace, yeah. documentary. And yep. We would like to thank our major sponsor, Thrifty Car Rental. If you're looking for a great deal on your next car rental for an upcoming trip, check out their website for the latest offers. You can find all the links in our show notes. G'day, I'm Dan Hooley Hollihan, and welcome to my motorsports podcast up on the Couch with Hooley Season 2, which is more than just a motorsports podcast. My guests are from all sides of the track, eras, and personalities. You will meet some who have spent their careers chasing the dream to those who have only just touched on it and went on to aspiring journeys. We learn their stories beyond the helmet. On today's episode, we've got rising star Nathan Hearn. In my opinion, this bloke has the skill levels of a Scott McLaughlin or even a Marcus Ambrose. The Lismore-born racer grew up fighting for every chance he got in the sport. He tells us about his time in Tasmania racing sprint cars, getting behind the wheel of an S5000 and his most favoured category, Trans Am, where he is a two-time champion. What's his future goals in motorsports? Well, you're going to have to continue listening, so let's hear it from the man himself, Nathan Hearn. Well, Nate, I've been trying to get you on the podcast for ages and um, dude, I'm pumped you're here. I've had a lot of fans online wanting you to get on the podcast and um, dude, explain how you actually got to Sydney anyway. Yeah, well, I'm racing this weekend in Sydney, well, Saturday night in Sydney um, in the late model. Uh, first ever time doing that, but yeah, well, we've raced out before, but first time racing in late model and and. Yeah, you, you messaged me trying to get on here and I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll try and get up here a day early and got the day off work from GRM and, and flew in last night to, to come here and, and chat some chat some rubbish. So, yeah, no, it's, um yeah, been a bit of a mission, but we got it done. So yeah. so you're, you're now these days living not in Lismore, you're living with, G- are you living near GRM or how's that all work? Yeah, so I've, I've I'm bought my own house in Melbourne um, and, yeah, living down there. Um full-time. So when I first started with GRM, it was only meant to be a three-month uh, trial thing because I wasn't yeah, I wasn't ready to move out of home. I was still loving having mum cook me dinner and do all my washing for me. But um, yeah. <laughs> when yeah, I moved down, it was meant to do three months. I was meant to do two and a half weeks and come back home afterwards to um, to see your family again. Um, and it was meant to be like two weeks on, three days off, two weeks on. So just a long weekend. Then COVID hit and the second week I was down there and then I ended up just staying there full time. Um, I got offered a job, uh, I think three weeks in and um, yeah, just took it up and thought may as well and, and give it a red hot crack for, at the time I set myself a two year time period. I think I've extended that a couple of years now. And I've, you know, <laughs> I expected everything to happen a lot quicker, um, yeah. but a lot of things are happening. So it's it's been a really good, really good 
well, what has been 18 months now. So, yeah, moved down July 1st last year and, and still down there now. So it's um it's been a really good time and I've learned a lot throughout the the whole time, you know. From moving out by myself, um, I moved in with Jimmy Golding and, and Jimmy was a was a very good teacher and how to live. Um, yeah. Very, very clean and everything had to be Jimmy's way or the highway. Oh, and, really? Um, so he's really immaculate, is he? Very, very. Yeah. And, and you'd come <laughs> home from work and you just, you know, they'll be, I'll be cooking myself dinner for the first ever time and just wash up. There might be one or two rice granules left in the in the sink and then yeah, just be a Jimmy yelling through the hallway at, at me to come out and clean out the sink and does, there's only two little rice granules in does there. Does tunes start to play because he's a DJ too? Yeah, he? there was a lot of times there where I was asleep and then I'll just wake up to music thinking like the music would get into my dream. I'm like, what's going on? Like you're sort of walking around your dream trying to figure out what's going on and, and yeah, it's just Jimmy going hard on the deck. So yeah, it, was a, it, was a, it was a strange time of life because um, yeah, like I was just – on a high of, of, you know, geez, I'm in Melbourne. This is what I've always wanted to do. And, you know, I was getting up at 4am to go to the gym and, and go on to work all day, finish at four and go to the gym again, and then cook dinner and staying up till 10, 30, 11. Mm. So then it get to, it got to a point where I just started crashing and going to sleep really early. And then that's when Jimmy would get in the decks and then yeah, I'm having <laughs> music infused naps. So, yeah. so one's a night hour, one's a day, day, day. What, what, do you, what do you call that, Brooke? A day person. What is it? Oh, a no, you're either nocturnal, nocturnal or yeah, yeah that's it, that's it. <laughs> or you just awake during the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm not not really. I used to be a night person, but yeah, yeah. when I moved down there, I was just high on life, so I was just getting up and getting after it. But what, yeah. what was life like, obviously, before you moved down there? Because now, obviously, you've made quite a name for yourself. A lot of people have seen you on like Channel Nine News and the supercar stuff. But what was like the boy from Lismore who I met back in the day? Like, how was how was like the day in the life of Nath back in Lismore? Back in, oh, that's a. I wasn't expecting that one. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was very, very boring and basic. I think um, I was never really one to, to go in the party scene too much. You know, me, me and my mates, we would always hang out at, at someone's house and, and go motorbike around throughout the days and stuff. But, um, yeah, never really went to parties too much. Um, never really interested me. Uh, plus, you know, I always thought myself, I haven't really got the the – money to sort of push myself through racing. So I had to just really be more committed to anyone. And, and yeah, as from the ages like 14 to 18, I was just really probably um, a bit too dedicated to it. I didn't actually live a normal life. I just sort of, everything was around racing all the time. Um, you know, I'd spend most of my time on a simulator or, or just doing other things. Um, I dropped, well, I worked three jobs when I was 16, uh, trying to save up some money. Yeah. What was those three jobs? Worked super cheap auto. Yeah. Um, on the floor. I wasn't very really good at it. Yeah. I had work there. Um, what else was there? I'd done, I'd done a bit of work with PBR um, when I turned 17. Um, so up in up in Brisbane, Cam Sendall and Peter Robinson uh, gave me a job actually working on TA2 cars. Yep. And um, Oh, so you were working on TA2 cars before you got to drive them, essentially? Yeah, no, uh, no. So I started – I me, me and Dad bought the car um, yep. back in 2000 oh, – what year is that? 2016, 17? No, nah, 2008. Uh, 18, 18, 18, yeah. uh, 2019, sorry. And so 2017 the, went formal forward. Yeah. 2018 formal forward, 2019 TA2. Yeah. And this is the Dodge, the first one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I turned six, I was 16 when I started TA2 and then I moved to, yeah, well, I was 16 when I yeah, started TA2. Uh, me and dad bought the car. We had it ourselves at home. Um, we'd get home from school basically. Well, I'd get home from school and wait for dad to get home from work about five, six o'clock. 
I'd probably just be in the shed cleaning the car or something, and then Dad would come down and and we'd be working on the car. Um, sometimes we'll do solid three hour stint. Sometimes we'll do about twenty minutes before we start going at each other. But um, yeah, yeah, it, it was definitely a, a different time of life, I guess. You know, I sort of, um, yeah, I, I wasn't doing much homework because I was too too busy sorting out the car or playing video games, really. So, but yeah, um, yeah so I was just sort of focused on racing, and, and I knew for me, nothing from school was was for me, um, I, all I want to do is racing. So I just thought I'll just put all my cars so in racing. you were the one in the back pretty much like myself, just drawing race cars in the back of the book. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was it a Pacific race car though? Was it like, a, well, was, was it a speedway sprint car? Was it? I'm or, not very good at drawing. Yeah. So <laughs> no, I was, yeah. No, I, I, I'm always listening class, but um, yeah, I just never done homework, which yeah. Yeah, probably isn't a good thing to say, but yeah, yeah. I always listen, listen in class and try to get everything done in school time. Um, so at home I could do my own thing. Yeah. What was the go-karts like? Because you and your sister, your sister races too, doesn't she? Yeah, both my sisters and, oh, and my both cousin. both sisters. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so when we first started, um, I was too young. I was only six when my sisters got into it. So we got into it because my dad had an accident. He broke his back. He was out of racing. Yep. Um, do you know what year that was? That was 2008. Okay. So um, it was May 30. Um, yeah, just before April. Yeah. What track was it? Oh, sorry, after April. Um, he done that at Donald in Victoria. So he was okay. in an off-road buggy. Yep. Um, in a passenger seat with Mark Everly, who I'm actually going to drive for this weekend. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so he yeah, had a massive accident. They came through a river crossing or a dry bank crossing. And yep. um, yeah, basically the car just nosedived into the bank on the other side and, and just, yeah. So it wasn't a speedway accident. It was actually one of those off-road buggy yeah, racing stuff. Yeah, so sort of like the Baja buggies. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's full serious bit of kit. And um, yeah, just, yeah, nearly killed him. But yeah, he's survived and he's, he's walking all- now. So yeah, yeah. we're yeah, pretty happy with that, I guess. So, well, so you've got three girls also racing in your family. Is uh, just two girls. Two girls. Yeah. What age are they? Uh, oh, they test me. 30 <laughs> and 23. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, yeah, my, my 23-year-old sister, Natasha, we used to race against each other a couple of times and there used to always be tears because she always had the 29. <laughs> yeah. 29 is like a, a family number. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was too young for it all the time. She was always there first, so she always got it. And yeah. I, I didn't really have much pull in the family being the youngest, so I always had to run. Like We tried to run 129, but in go-karts, you're not allowed to run three-digit numbers. Yeah. So I was 19, I was nine, I was, yeah, just a bunch of different numbers, but. Yeah, you started at the age of six, which I started myself as a driver at the age of twelve. Um, but did your did your dad pretty much bring you and your sister into it, or was it just a thing where, oh, you like, like kind of like just have fun, see how it goes, and if you don't like it, go play soccer or something or yeah, ballet or yeah. Know. Well, dad never forced anything onto us. Um, for me, I, I was never going to do anything else. You know, when I was, I mean, by the time I was four, I basically had a whole collection of Matchbox cars. That's um, yeah. Like it was just huge. I just used to every time I went grocery shopping with mum, my deal was I get two Matchbox cars no matter what, yeah. and um, that that would get me there. So take my Matchbox cars home and push them around the pool table and, and do some racing around the pool table. But yeah, f- for me, I was always going to be racing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I think I was four years old or five years old when I learned how to drive a manual paddock basher. Mm-hmm. And um, after school every day was just straight paddock basher and, and cruise along. When I was young, I wasn't allowed to do it unless dad was in the car with me. All my sisters were there. But as I got older, yeah, actually, funny story about that. As I got older, I used to start doing it more and more often. Um, and I think till I was about 13, 14 uh, was when I had my last paddock basher, really. So, yeah, for basically eight years of, of paddock bashing, full full pelt. Yeah. Um, and yeah. this is in like just – do you remember the paddock basher, like what the car was? F- first car I had was a 
I can't remember the model of it. It was a Holden Commodore. Yeah. Square headlights in the front, chrome bars. Yeah. Immaculate condition. Um, it was one owner, uh, old bloke who owned it. He ha- he was battling with health and his wife was selling the car. I think she wanted two and a half grand for it. Dad saw it and he's like, oh, look. And I, like he knew them. And he's like, yeah. oh, look, I just want to buy it for my son as a paddock basher. So he got for two and a half grand. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was my first, ever, uh, not two and a half grand, so 250 bucks. Yeah. And um, so that was my first ever paddock basher. For 250 bucks. Yeah. 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 Immaculate condition. And yeah, I saw one actually driving down the road the other day. I can't, I can't think of the model of it, which is killing me. But um, yeah, he was driving down the road in immaculate condition and old mates, you know, loving it as if it's his pride and joy. And I'm thinking about when I paddock bash that about eight years ago. So yeah, yeah, it's still sitting out the back of home. Um, but yeah, so that, that was my first one. My sister had a Hyundai XL, um, which I used to always hate because it was front wheel drive. So yep. in the mud, she had a lot more grip than what I did. Yep. And um, yeah, when, when, I, when I wasn't beating her, I'd, I'd give her a tap and turn her around. And yeah, <laughs> that was, um, it, it, the, the cars didn't end up straight for very long. We, we, we actually got into it, which is good. You know, dad. How old were you though when you and your sister were having to go on the paddock basher? Just, just I would have been six yep. and she would have been probably nine. Yeah, right. So you were learning to drive manuals at that age, essentially. Yeah, so mine was auto, the, the yep. Holden. Yep. Um, learned to drive a manual, yeah, when I was about five. And um, yeah, so I'd sit on cushions and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely, uh, I, yeah, I always wanted to do that and that was about it. So same old boring love story for most people in motorsport. There's nothing yep. really else for me to do. And yeah. So, so tell me a bit more about the hitman, like Stu Hearn, like- well, where did his, do you know where his nickname came from? Has he told you any like legendary stories or is he just a quiet, angry man as you see some of <laughs> the track? Does he not say much? Is that why he's the hit man? No, he, he does. He does actually talk a lot. He tries, when he's at the track with me, he t- takes a, a passenger seat. He's just sort of there to to enjoy the ride, I guess. And yeah. and he's he always wanted to, I guess, see this side of, of motorsport in the, in the bitchman stuff. Um, not very many people get to see that in Lismore. Um, and dad obviously watched supercars and, and stuff like that growing up and, and he never, never got to see it from the inside out. Um, at least now I've gotten to a point where he can sort of see it all. And fortunately it's probably not what we all wanted to see, but, um, it is what it is. And, and yeah, so he, he just sort of just takes back seat with it. But back in his speedway days, I don't honestly remember too much of his racing. Mm. Um, yeah, I was six when he, when he had his accident and, and that was it. When I was born, he actually had his... I think he had his last Australian title that year. It was 2001. That uh, yep. was 2002. And then I was born. And after that. That was late models that he was doing, wasn't it? No, I've had modifieds. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know what happened there if I, if I took something away from him, but yeah, <laughs> he stopped winning Australian titles after that. But um, yeah, so he raced since he was uh, 17 in Speedway, I think. Yep. Funded it all himself. He, he always had to do it all himself, which, you know, take my hat off to. Race cars are pretty expensive. Yep. Um, did, yeah. he, did he give you any advice though when you mo- went to Victoria though? Because he just said that was like literally a three month thing at GR originally. Did he give you any like fatherly advice or did you just? Oh, uh, yes and no. I don't know. I think, you know, it was very, it, it was different for both of us. I think dad deep down knew that I was going for longer than three months. Yeah. I, I was sort of too, too much in a rush, I guess, for it all. Um, it was actually through James Moffat that whole thing happened. And James just said, well, I mean, if you if you don't make it in, in ten years' time, do you want to at least say you gave it a crack or what's to go? Like, mm. I mean, you can easily stay at home and, and just drive and hope for the best. But yeah, if you actually get into it and, and really try and, and show Gary and Barry dedicated, then yeah, at least I'll I'll see that. And Dad obviously understood that, and, and yeah, he did give me advice on on what to do, how to set myself up in Melbourne, and, and how to not get myself fired in three months. So yeah. that was um it was good, but um yeah, look, I mean yeah, it, it was a very 
strange time. I was, I was always one of those kids who, yeah, as I said before, never really left the house too much. Um, mm. Yeah, love staying with the family and, and love the parents. But, um, yeah, I mean, for racing, I had to sort of do it and, and move on. And, um, and yeah, so they, they – I still remember driving out of the driveway. Yeah. Um, I was only meant to come back after two weeks. I wasn't too stressed, but parents, I could tell, a bit upset. And um, – and is this 2019, wasn't it? No, this is 2021. 2021. Yes, yeah, okay. July, July 1st, 2021. Yeah. And um, it, was, it was actually, it was 4am because I had to start work the next day. So I had to get yeah. from Lismore to Melbourne, which is 18 hours. Oh, to work one day. at GRM the next yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah to right. work the Friday. So, um, yeah, so yeah, headed off at 4am. They got up to say goodbye and, um, and yeah, that was basically all it was. And, and yeah, I didn't get to see him again for... I think it was six months or something like that was the next time I got to see him because mm. um, we – I went to New Zealand actually in that first week and then um, got back to what Melbourne. Were doing, what were you doing in New Zealand? Was that just a holiday? Or holiday, was it? Yeah. yeah. So okay. I was meant to go – me and my best mate have organised a New Zealand trip twice. Yeah. And both times one of us has um, been cancelled. He got, he got locked down New South Wales and since he'd done the, the border run to Victoria before it, yeah. I was able to go. So I went over there solo. And, Who's your best mate? Uh, Ollie – well, Oliver Rupnick from from Lismore. Oh, okay. We'll we, we to go to um, yeah, New Zealand together, and and yeah, and this year we booked two weeks, and um, we had a QR test day pop up in the first weekend. So I thought, oh, well, we'll just go the second week, and then yeah, my late pop carked it, and and that was it. So I had to go to his funeral next week. So missed Holy out on the, on the second New Zealand trip. But it seems like ever since I've known you, your life's like a snowball effect. Like you just constantly doing something or something happens yeah. in your life. And I've, I've stopped, I've stopped booking things until the week <laughs> off now. So, <laughs> Well, we try to book this podcast. Then you're like, I'm free for the rest of the day. I'm like, well, shit, we could talk for five hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brooke could have her own segment. Like, <laughs> you know like we've got all that time in the world. Yeah. No, I've got to ask, cause we like, I've, I've done the thing where you move out of home and all of that. And you came from Lismore. That's a totally different environment to Melbourne. Have you like, what are the big adjustments you've had to make going from sort of like quiet Lismore down to Melbourne and that, that you found that maybe stood out to you? Um, it was honestly a lot easier than I thought. Um, I had some really good people that I knew in Melbourne, you know, Jimmy helped me a lot in the, in early stages. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it was definitely, I think for me, the biggest knock around was the, the COVID lockdowns because I had four months inside of a room. Mm. Um, and Jimmy's house is very grey and white, you know, and, and I've come from country where everything's all grass and, and different colours and vibrant. Yeah. And moving into a, a house in Cranbourne East, which was just every house is identical. It, it sent, sent me around to Ben for a little while there. I, I, yeah, just couldn't work out what it was, but just couldn't sleep at night and, and felt real felt real weird until mm. I moved out. I've got my own place and had grass and everything in it. And um, and then, yeah, then I realised, oh, geez, it was just the, the grey and white effects and, yeah, yeah, but um, moving to Melbourne was was it's it's probably been the best thing I've done um, because I guess you go on somewhere where you, you know no one in a way you got to start from scratch. Uh, no one knows you, so you're on an empty slate. Um, and in Melbourne, you can surround yourself with the people you want to surround yourself with. In Lismore, you're very stuck with you know sort of the people you grew up with um, mm. because that's all you got. There's no one else really coming in. Um, I was lucky enough; I had some really good mates who just love riding motorbikes, fishing, and and doing all that stuff. So, you know. Every weekend would be riding a motorbike or going for a drive and or doing something stupid. This is, this is in Lismore, is it? Yeah, back in Lismore, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we're always just doing something stupid. Um, never never get onto the the party scene too much. We just sort of cruise along and, and had a bit of fun um during the day and, and slept slept good at night. But um yeah, then when I moved to Melbourne, Melbourne you can surround yourself with whoever you want to surround yourself with. Um I've met a fair few really good um sports people and, and, and runners and stuff like that and, and yeah, it's been it's been really good and 
I was very lucky to have the Rogers and the, and Jimmy there as well. Um, because mm. yeah, the Rogers sort of took me in as as their own adopted son in a way, and yeah. I get on really good with Charlie and Grace. Um, and and they've yeah kept me out of trouble down there as well. So it's um yeah, that's been a good time, and and I've yeah done a lot of stuff I wouldn't never have done. Yeah, it's actually cool to have someone here from Gary Rogers Motorsport because he's been around. He's got like a legacy. Obviously, he's got his own museum and his own workshop and stuff like that. But can you tell me a bit of the working life? Like, as you said, you literally left from Lismore at 4 a.m. in one state and then worked literally the next day for Gary and Barry. Are they literally like work hard to earn your place in the team in a way? Like, how's that, how's that work? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you, like Jimmy did as well, we started as a mechanic. Um, yeah. yeah. Can you just tell me a bit about the, the Gary Rogers Motorsport life? Yeah, so it is very cutthroat, I guess. Um, you're there at Gary Rogers because you have a passion for motorsport. You're not there to, to earn millions of dollars. Mm. Um, so everyone there, it's a bit hard because everyone's sort of got the same mindset, you know. Back when I used to, to work my old jobs, I'd always make sure I was better than the other guys and, and you know, the racing mindset where you always have to beat beat everyone else. Mm. Um then when you get to Gary Rogers Motorsport and Tommy, who's my number one mechanic, is there till bloody eight o'clock most nights. You think, oh, geez, I can't can't beat this guy. Like he, they they always just commit to him. Yeah. So um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a very good place to work at. You know, everyone's sort of there for the same reason. We're not there to to just get the money and, and move on. Um, we're all there to really make these cars fast and, and get the wins on the board. And and yeah, it's it's been really good because they're all also very young. So some of my best mates um at working at GRM. And I get along with them all really well, and 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 it's good to, as I said before, like surround yourself with with like-minded people. Um, and yeah, I mean, Gary, it, it really stems from the the top down. Gary and Barry come in, and and every day they'll come around and, and say good day to everyone, um, yep. do the laugh of the workshop, say good day to everyone, and ask about the day. And and it's it's just a really good place to work. You know, we've got a really good uh, crew of GRM at the moment. Uh, everyone's really good mates. Um, there's no one who's really an outlier at the moment. You know, we're, we're all just. Um, all sort of cruise line and, and, and yeah. Do you know, do you know the backstory though? Cause now obviously ARG's taken off and what you're doing now is huge. And there's that bit of that separation, but Barry, I think was on the, the board for the supercars thing, the race thing. Do you, do you know the backstory behind why the Rogers family decided to leave supercars? Did they just want to go in another direction and try something new because they are passionate racers? Do you know what I mean? Like, was that their reason or? I know a little bit, I'm not too sure on what I meant to say. Oh, you don't um, have to, you don't have to say everything. You just, yeah. Yeah. What? What yeah. you know that you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, I think Cause they the, still, cause they still help like even yourself at Bathurst and even Jimmy, they still help guys get into supercars. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. So, so the Rogers, the Rogers are, are people that you'll, you'll never meet again in your life. Um, Barry and Gary, whilst yes, you know, they're dedicated to having me in the team and they want me to represent the team well and, and do well for Valvoline and team GRM. They also want me to move on. You know, yeah. they, 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 they don't want to hold me in the same spot, but they don't want me to move on to a wrong team. So really the whole business side of things might not agree with me moving on to supercars, but they they want me to. They want mm. me to move on to somewhere else and, and really get myself a career somewhere. So yeah, they're, they're very, I, I, I don't know yeah, how they do it in a way. You know, yeah. it's, 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 you find it quite crazy that um, some people, you know, will, will build you up to, to be, you know, the, the, the full package and then they'll send you off to somewhere else happily and, and say that's their job done. Um, they've really built their whole business model on just bringing young blokes through and, and turn them into, into professional drivers and, and mm. moving you on. So it's, um, yeah, you, you never, never meet them, them type of people again, once they're gone and in Australian motorsport will definitely look a lot different, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, for the whole ARG and supercars thing, I think 
for now, AIG's got a really good deal with what we've got. Mm. Um, it's starting to grow slowly, but it's starting to grow. Um, we've had a lot of COVID, COVID stoppages and and really the, the whole AIG side of things is, is in my eyes, a, a very good package because everyone's there to race. Um, there's not too much of the politics and, and stuff behind the scenes. I've obviously had a, had a fair deal of, of all that stuff in, in my times, but um, mm. it kind of yeah. reminds you of um, ARG a bit like the way Speedway, like you're racing Speedway this weekend, but it kind of reminds you of, they just get out, as you said, get out there and race where supercars is a bit more of a show. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're yeah. always getting entertainment on track when you're racing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. I mean, they both got their pros and cons. Um, if they all, I mean, we collided together for, for Sydney and Bathurst last year and that was absolutely awesome. Like yeah. I, I was part of two categories, both events. I didn't really get too much time to watch it, but it was just an awesome, awesome time. He you know? literally said that last night. He was like, yeah, that was the best of it. Even Brooke, that was her first it. introduction to it all. Yeah. I said that was amazing. That's why I was sad this year we didn't have it. But yeah. 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 Uh, they, they've definitely tried for it. Um, there was rumors about it all happening again for Adelaide this year, which would have been absolutely huge. Oh, bugger. Um, but that didn't happen. So yeah, yeah. Do, so you reckon that there could actually that could actually happen again in the future some sometime because that would that would knows. work as as a fan anyway. That would work anyway because you just got the best categories. You know what I mean? And you're always on track, and it's just always entertaining. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, I mean, hundred ten percent it would work, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's there's some stuff behind the scenes. Um, going on but yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure yeah. on all the all the stuff i just sort of rock up the helmet and drive but yeah yeah i, I don't There's know if it'll happen but I, I i hope it will yeah but yeah because yeah at the end of the day that was the best event i've been to and and it boosted the but bolstered the whole uh sorry yeah had, had right. trouble pronouncing that <laughs> it's, um, bolstered the profile of everyone at the yeah. same time so yeah it, it was honestly just brought everyone in motorsport together for one event you know australian motorsports not big enough to have two different parties fighting each other yeah that we all got together i reckon it'd be a Pretty big festival, so yeah. away yeah. from the racing. Oh, what were you saying, Brooke? Oh no, I was just going to say. I think they've also got to deal with you know you've got the TV rights, so you'd have Stan versus Fox, and trying to get everyone into a room to an agree is never going to be an easy thing. Yeah, when it comes to the management and the money, and it's always the media who are overseeing all of this. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've got to ask Nate. The way back, we'll go back to the racing later because we've got plenty. We've apparently got plenty of time this morning. So <laughs> yeah. <it's wicked>. yeah. <laughs> um, I've got to ask because you've come from a racing family. Does your, does your mum like to get behind the wheel or anything, or is she just a bit like I'll just watch? Yeah, she's uh, she's not a race fan though. So <laughs> she, she, she just yeah supports not, us for it. She's not a race fan. Nah, no, nah. she, she supports us, but um, in between races, she'll hop in the motorhome or, or something and just grab a book and read a book. And then if I'm out on track again, she'll come out and watch it. Yeah. If it's raining, she'll just watch it on TV and, and read a book at the same time. So Does she get nervous when like you and your sisters race? Because Dan's mum gets very, very nervous and she says to me either she can't watch it or go stand down the pits or she's running around in circles up the top trying to keep her nerves in check. Yeah, so. yeah I don't know. I, I don't want to find out, <laughs> to be honest. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think they're pretty calm. I, I yeah. think my parents are pretty calm with it all. I, mom, I hope they are at least. Your mum doesn't squeeze you like a vice grip when I'm feeling with my mum. She's like, she can't breathe and I feel it when she's like, oh, you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. I finished the race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I haven't had that experience yet. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you got to tell me about like your dad obviously started Hearns Transport and all that. That's been a big company and a big well-known family and all that. And you've obviously had sponsorship connections as well through that as well. Like I think you had Shell in Carts days and Formula Ford as well. So you've obviously had... It, it happens in motorsport. You've got to have, you know, connections through family companies and whatnot. So how did your connection with Shell? Because now you're with Valvoline. That's what I'm asking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that all came about actually through one of our other sponsors, um, North Coast Petroleum. Yep. Because um, they're actually from 
from Lismore, uh, but they're a major distributor for Northern Rivers uh, mm-hmm. for, for major oils. Um, so basically, that the Shell deal was a bit of a a, a deal through him to represent Shell, uh, which sort of was yeah, just sort of for him in a mm-hmm. way. It wasn't really actually with Shell Australia in go karts. Um, Formula Ford, the first year actually turned into a bit of a Shell Helix deal. Yeah, um, so actually on board for it, which is pretty cool. They um, backed Formula Ford that year, didn't they? As well, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah so they, they got into it pretty big pretty quickly, um, which I thought was pretty cool. But they were very, very – everything had to be perfect. And we actually got in big trouble um, with the, the Formula Ford round because the logo had, didn't have a white outline around it and touched a bit of red. Really? Yeah, so no, you showed the, 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 the picture to the two, though, yeah. and they, they rejected it? No, well, they didn't reject it. But, mm. um, yeah, we got told we have to fix that or, or take the logo off. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You, you've actually picked up a, like a friendship with Dewey who was helping out. Yeah, because you both are down in Victoria. Yeah, so that would have helped when you moved down to Victoria, there, didn't it? Yeah, well, he moved down a year before me, but he he we met Sandown in twenty seventeen. So we picked him up from the airport for Formula Ford. Yeah, just and, randomly. Yeah, just randomly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he was one of the other bloke's sons. And yeah, yeah. We're just I was sitting in the middle seat. He was sitting in the left hand side. We were driving into Sandown. Barely said a word to each other the whole trip. Yeah, and then um, I think we just started talking as we got into the track and. And that was it. So then I found out he was a media guy. So I was like, oh, well, at least he knows what he's doing. And <laughs> Once you get him going, though, he starts talking, eh? Hey, yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's what people don't know about Dewey, who works in Viet Supercar Media. Yeah. Once you get him going, he's a nice dude. You just got to crack him and then bang, he'll talk about anything, everything. encourage you and everything. Yeah. He's pretty much, he's got to be one of your biggest supporters, I'd say. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good bane of mine. And, and yeah, we've been, well, We've been through the whole pathway together, really. So yeah. he was a, one of the main reasons we got into TO two in the first place. Yeah, he introduced us all the people we needed to, and then, um, yeah, then and he's helped out of, a bit with the whole. Um, well, I mean, when I got into GRM with a couple of media stuff and, and with Valvoline and mm. and yeah, so it's it's been a difference. I mean, yeah, you, you sort of take it for granted all the times. You sort of you, you meet people early on, and and they just sort of help you out, and then yeah, it, you you do end up taking it for granted on how quickly life changes and how small little things that someone's done for you turns out to be a big thing later on. So, yeah. yeah. Do yeah. you remember, well, obviously, with you racing for GRM, was was it Moffat that was your first, was he your first mentor or was it, or was it Jimmy? Uh, or was Moff, it both? Moff. So, okay. so Jimmy was just basically my teammate, but we yep. just lived together. So he basically helped me become a, a bachelor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Moff was very good. I, I have a lot of time for Moff. You know, he, he's really helped me a lot with with my racing. Yep. Um, and also the off track stuff. You know, Moff is honestly one of the nicest guys I've ever met in my life. And then, yeah, wish nothing but the best for him. But um, yeah, he he. I, I remember the the time I went into the workshop. He came in and, and we're just having a chat about stuff. And then he took me into Barry's office to have a chat. And and yeah, he told me about his his way through the through the rankings. And, so does and, Moff have an office there as well, or is it no? no. He, so he doesn't work at GRM. He okay. he has his own building business. Yeah, right. I heard from um, one on one of the stand coverage. He's one of the best real estate agents now going in Victoria or something. Yeah, right. no, I, that's, <laughs> yeah he, he, he he would be able to sell a house. Yeah. I reckon, but, yeah. but um, no. Look, Moff was yeah. He was he was big on me getting into to where I am. Yeah. Um, He's been on the cans for me for all the S5000 rounds and the Gold Coast round where I actually finally broke through for a win. Yeah, that was actually wicked, man. You you dominate. That was your first. Was that the first time you've dominated S5000 completely? Like First time I got a win. Yeah. yeah every, it every wasn't time one was, win. It was three, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was the first ever clean sweep of, of anyone in S5000. So. When was the last time you did that? Formula Ford? Or clean sweep? Yeah, clean sweep. Oh, we've uh, done that. Sorry, we've done that Trans Am. Yeah. But I mean like an open wheeler. <laughs> no, Formula Ford. Yeah, Formula Ford in, in Vic and New South Wales State Series. Yep. National Series, I never 
Yeah, it was the same story. I didn't get a win to my last ever race. Yeah. So it was, I was always second or third. I can just never break through for the for the top step. So yeah, yeah. I think there was a, there was a time in Formula Ford where I had four four races in a row. I finished second by less than half a tenth. So yeah. I got got out dragged by line three times at Phillip Island and once at Sydney. Yeah. Um, With Brett France, you you've had so many good mentors, man. Brett Francis is another one. Yeah. Like he's. He's also helped mature drivers. Like you had Shields, it was Shields, your teammate that year as yep, well. Yeah, Cam Shields, yeah. Yeah, so both of you are still racing and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a bit more about like your time with Brett Francis, you know? Yeah, so Brett Brett was really good. Um, we we went to this, um, we, originally in Formula Ford, we had a bloke come to us to say, do you want to drive Formula Ford? He had his car, Lismore Young Guns, mm. um, and that deal turned out to have a bit of hair on it. So, yeah. Will, Will Brown's old man, Shane, actually got in contact with dad because he heard um, this bloke had gone around saying that I was driving next year with him. Yep. Um, and and Shane heard and he said, mate, don't do that. Go with Shane, go with Brett. Yep. Uh, so we went, went to Brett, went for a test day and, yeah, just loved it. And then we, I, don't, I don't think we were going to race. And we done one more test day. And then I'd, I'd like the first test day I was useless, just like just sort of beating around and having a bit of fun. Um, yep. Couldn't get my head around the hill towing. I went home. Bought myself a set of um, G29 pedals, which were, I think, 140 bucks, 180 yeah. bucks. And this is to help you to learn heel toe. Yeah. 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 And then practice in, the, in my sister's old paddock basher as well. Yeah. To get some real life stuff. And then went back into the former Ford, I think it was two weeks later. And then, yeah, I was, I was on pace. So, yeah, yeah then Brett's like, oh, well, let's just go to National Series straight away. Yeah. I've heard different techniques about heel towing, though. Like, obviously, some people do the fall if it's on the camera. Like that, and some yep. people. Wally's story came on here, right? And he told us he goes down, and then you push up. Do you know? Have you said? Have push you heard up. of that? Yeah, like you push up and you just slightly hit the throttle. So it's like you hit the never, brake. You never heard yeah, of that? Never heard. Oh, of that. that's like from pro from the nineteen seventies then. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's. Uh, so you learnt from that pretty much on your sister's yeah. paddock basher, and and, and, and this is your first year in Formula Ford to get it right, or is yeah, it? Yeah, this is before first year. So I was just just fresh fourteen. Yeah. Um, we done two test days, so then we went to Sandown for the f- first round. Yeah, I think it was two months before I actually raced. Was when the last time I was in the car or, or something like that. It was a month maybe. And that was at Morgan Park. So I went from Morgan Park to Sandown, which is a bit of a change of, of pace, mm. um, especially since I was only on a short track at Morgan Park. So I never really got past 100 and probably 160k an hour and go to Sandown, you're doing 230. So Is Morgan Park like, because I've never been there, is that like a bit like Wakefield or what's it like? Compared oh, I'd, pr- to- I'd probably say even smaller, small, small, small straight than Wakefield. Yeah. Um, good, good little track, busy. Can um, you pass there though or not? Or is oh, it you, you could, you could pass. Yeah. Um, you have to be pretty good, but yeah, you'd, you'd like be a, able to. It's like a Martinsville of yeah. state racing, is yeah, it? Yeah, basically, yeah. It was, it was, a, it was a really good. It, it, I mean, the, the people that ran that track were awesome. I mean, they helped us out in TA two as well, and and led us on track a few times when we shouldn't have been on track. So yeah, um, yeah, you, you do meet some good people in 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 life and racing, and and the people at the country clubs like Morgan Park and Wakefield are the ones that really. Uh, our top people who, who will give you every, everything. Um, what do yeah. you think about the whole Wakefield scenario? Uh, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. It's, it's motorsport, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the racetrack's been there for a long time, so yeah. I don't see why the houses should be complaining. But yeah, well, we touched on your Formula Ford stuff. Back to your karting. Do you remember your first go kart? Was it like under a Christmas tree or anything like that? Or do you remember, uh, do you remember I, any characteristics? Was it like a shitty second hand cart? Do you know what I mean? I always had my sister's hand me downs. Okay. So my cool. sister had a hand me down from some random, and yeah. I had that hand from me down some from random. Her, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was a hand me down of a hand me down of a hand me down. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. I, I still remember um, f- first time we got one was my sister's birthday. And 
yeah, Jesus. We we decided um she would let me so we'll do two laps up and down. Yeah. And so it was her go-kart. So she had the the whole dictatorship of the go-kart. Yeah. And had no engine or anything in it. It was just a rolling chassis as it was. Yeah. And um dad was at work the day we got it because it was a Saturday and we had like a, a hill down the driveway that we would push it up and down. Yeah. So you and your sister would. Yeah, yeah. 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 So she would she was allowed to she would go for two goes up and down and I'd go for one. Yeah. But every time I had to push it up the hill again. So she would just walk back up and she would just walk back up and I had to push it up. So just just so I could have a go. That was her rules. And yeah, yeah I still remember being absolutely rooted, but finally got my first chance to go on it. And I just went down that full pelt and, and loved it. So yeah, yeah. That, that was fun. Um, that's my first memory of a go car. It was a cosmic chassis, actually. Yeah, and, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, I didn't have to keep pushing it after that. So we, we strapped a motor to it and that was good. Yeah. And was it midgets or rookies back then? Cause that was midgets. Yeah. yeah okay. Comer engines. Oh, so it's before the doing era. So you did you? Yeah, yeah. 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 So I actually, I grew up with Jack in go-karts. Okay. Um, yeah. Tell yes. me a bit more about that. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, I think he started, he started two or three years after me, two years after me, because he was a year younger. So I think he started when he was seven, seven and a bit. Yep. Um, he raced dirt bikes before then, I think. Um, and then his dad said, no, nah, Enough for two wheels to go for. And it was definitely different growing up with with Jack. Um mm. yeah, you know, we, we we were good mates there for for a while. Um and then yeah. Then the red mist came stuff, on. Stuff yeah, stuff happens and, and you, <laughs> you sort of yeah, lose that. But um, did Oscar Piaski race in your era though? Or yes, it? he did. He did. Okay. So I only got to race him a couple of times. So I raced him before he went to Europe. Yep. And when he went to Europe and came back, he started dominating. And then he raced in KA three yep. um when he came back. So did you ever want to do that type of European karting like Joey and Oscar and all that or were you just focused yeah. on the Australian scene? Was that your goal at the time in karts or not? Oh, 100% really? it was, but yeah, I just never had money to do yeah. that. So um, especially when, yeah, my whole family raced. So if, if I got to do something, my whole family had to do something. So if you race and your sisters come with you. Yeah, basically. And probably pushing you out of the go-kart. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I don't think, yeah, dad, dad was was not having that happen. So yeah. I don't think he would be able to afford is, three people going over. So. so is Tash, you're racing obviously here this weekend, but is Tash racing the, she's racing is it a- wingless? No, Amcar. Amcar. Yeah, so. She- you got to tell me more about these these like speedway clubs. I'm still learning as we go. Brooklyn is Brook as well. Yeah. So like. How many classes has not only your dad raced, but yourself and whatnot? Like you did sprint cars in Tasmania a year ago, I think. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So I've only, I've always wanted to race Speedway. I was never actually meant to go Bitchman racing. Mm. Um, Bitchman all started out that deal from Lismore Young Guns and just kept snowballing into what it is today. Um, and then somehow I've done a full loop. Now I'm back in Speedway again, which is cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, I always wanted to go Speedway. Speedway was, was all I wanted. Dad's whole ordeal was, you know, he was gonna, he was gonna have us pit crew in his car, all, all three of us, and yeah. then he was gonna retire. So I had to turn twelve, and he got to six, and then I, then he broke his back. So yeah, missed out by a couple of years. But um, yeah, so I was always meant to get to age twelve. He was gonna do that that season. Um, then I was gonna race junior sedans, uh, which is a little four cylinder, um, cheap cars. Mm. Um, and yeah, then just sort of progress through there and then work a normal life and live a normal life and then race speedway cars on weekends. Uh, like, Do you like still make, so, so this weekend, I don't know if it'll happen this weekend because it's a brand new circuit or yep. not a brand new circuit, it's a brand new speedway, but do you still make like bank, like purse money or tow money as we got mistakenly talk, taken on social media? Do you still make a bit of purse money with some events in Speedway or is it just no, in America? You, yeah, no, you still do. In Australia, okay. you do. Um, Speedway's actually got it a lot better than what Bitchman does. And, yeah. and there's a lot of things 
that you you look at when you race speedway and you think, oh, geez, like we're backwards in, in bitchman. Like our entry fees are so much dearer, but basically speedway takes a percentage of the entry fees and distributes it. So the winner, no matter what event it is, could just be like a, a small club day with four cars. Mm. The winner gets most money, second, third, fourth, and then from fifth onwards is all equal. Yeah, right. To rock up. So yeah, you get like a bit of a cash back with your entry fee. Um so worst case scenario, you still get your, your money back from your entry fee. I'm fairly sure it is, yes. Um, yeah. f- that, at least I was Tassie Sprint Cars deal, mm. um, which I, I, I like that. I was all for that, really. Yeah. you got to um, tell me about your time in Tasmania because Brooke and I just came back from there. It's a it's total different scene, isn't it? It's like a different country. It's different. Yeah, it's very, very, uh, I don't know, very, very slow. You, you sort of just <laughs> you go down there and just sort of cruise. So. Nice and chill. Yeah. Good food, you know, yeah. Yeah. no traffic, yeah. not like here. You can just like, well, I loved it when like anytime we plan anything on every given day, didn't have to account for traffic. You just get there yeah. in that time on the yeah. maps, you're there. In Sydney, you're like, oh, it's peak hour. Let's account for three hours extra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, even coming here this morning, I booked, I saw it all out last night. I was sitting down having breakfast and thought I'd check in how long it's going to take and an extra 15 minutes than what it was last night. So yeah. and you were panicking. Yeah. And you're like, I was like, mate, trust me, you got all the time. Well, I just, yeah, just t- take it easy. But yeah, that's the trick with Sydney. You check the time during a peak hour time on another day. Yeah. If you do it at night, you're going to get a false time. Mm. <laughs> that's what I've always learned. I'm like, okay, I'll check it at 9 a.m. on the Thursday. I'm like, okay, that's what we're looking at. Yeah. yeah. I've got I to ask before you hopped in the spring car in Tasmania, did you have one of the famous scallop pies at all on the on the road trips around no. Tasmania? Uh, oh, I don't, man, they are everywhere. That's I, don't, like, I don't like scallops. You don't like scallops? Oh, we, we have them, so we have them up in. Up in Evan's head. Yeah, so you, yeah. were you never a seafood person? No, I like seafood. Okay. Yeah, I just don't like scallops. Nah, no oysters. Oh, that's what you live for in Tasmania. <laughs> yeah, nah, <laughs> nah, nah, lobsters. lobsters. Oh, yeah, they're good. Yeah. Yes. What's your favourite food? Because it is a podcast getting to know you. Like, what's your favourite? If you could have a food every single day, what would it be? Used I asked to, this a while ago on it, another podcast. You used to be spag bowl, but I cooked that too much when I first moved down. <laughs> so not anymore. The bachelor's meal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I probably just salmon. Salmon. Yeah. yeah, right. So you're a salmon boy. Yeah. yeah. So before you hop back into the what you're doing now on the speedway scene, so you went to Tasmania last year, raced sprint cars. By the way, how I've never, I've always wanted to drive one, but how epic are those things? Because you were talking about them on social media. I was like, uh, fuck. Yeah. I, I got thrown a deep end pretty hard there. And, and I think it was a bit of a, a Marcus. Marcus and Gary thought, yeah, it's just a race car. You'll be right, mate. Just, just strap yourself in and put your right foot down. You'll be right. Yeah. But, this is Jesus. the Lodges. Yeah. Telling yeah. you over there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Marcus Ambrose. Yeah. And Marcus as well. And, and yeah, I hopped out of the car with me eyes like dinner plates and half shaken thinking, what, what have I just done? And Marcus comes out, oh, mate, what are you doing? You got to do this and do this and trying to give me feedback. I'm like, mate, let me process what I've just done first. <laughs> and I hopped out of the car, sat down, had a water, had a sip. I'm like, get back in the car. You got to go out again. And because we had, um, but they, Taddy was actually really good to us and they gave us two little practice sessions before. Yeah, because you'd never hopped in the sprint car again like with this type of, type of what you're racing this weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so exact same deal really, just sort of rocking up. I, I was meant to actually do a, a practice day before mm. um, in Tasmania, but um, that got called off because of COVID mm. and it, they, I wouldn't get let into Tazi border um, without doing two weeks isolation, Yeah, um, which is a bit of a, a pain, but um yeah, so I came in when they were in their fifth round of the of the championship. Never driven a sprint car, never driven on dirt before yeah. in a race. So I was definitely in the deep end, um, straight into a four ten sprint car, and and yeah, I, my first laps are actually on YouTube. Someone uploaded them, unfortunately, <laughs> but it's it sort of cool to look back on it because. Um, yeah, I mean, when I first hopped into it. Because they're literally like a bus, aren't they? So what yeah, you, you, well, you're, you're normally, like a, you're normally yeah, you used like to sitting like straight, what yeah. we do, but yeah. 
hopping, what was that for your brain to like calculate to go super quick? Because Brooks seen it going, holy fuck, these things are yeah. another level. You, you do get used to it. Um, I, I think the hardest thing for me was having a concrete wall facing you at the end of it. Yeah. That was hard to, to get used to. Um, the wing was very hard and, you know, I'd grown up driving paddock bashes all my life on dirt and, and what, what I was doing wrong was every time I'd get a little bit sideways, a lift off mm. and the thing would just get grip. And as soon as it gets grip, the wings so heavy, basically just biked. So what, what were yeah. they calling in speedway biking yeah. is when it just picks up on the outside tires and drops. So yeah. every time I just kept doing that and I was like, well, I can't drive any faster. This thing's just going to kill me. Yeah. Uh, well, really all I had to do was just bomb it in there about 40k an hour faster and keep my foot pinned and so then you keep go foot, around. So you just were balancing your foot really? Yeah. Not yeah. using the brake at all? Yeah, no, you, yeah, you use a heap of brake. Okay. Um, you, yeah, but you never lift really. Yeah. That's what Sam Walsh was saying. He's like, your biggest mistake is if you just lift. He's like, yeah. just go. And yeah. that was it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just- yeah. It's kind of like a mind ever matter thing in those things, aren't they? Yeah. But yeah, and, and everyone just thought I already knew that. So no one, no one told me about it. Yeah. And it took me until like the third show to work out. Like, oh, if I don't lift, this thing's got heaps of, like, just stable. Yeah. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, we thought you already knew that. And <laughs> Did they just so, assume you like, knew that from your experience? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, a, lot, a lot of people, because considering dad's history, just thought I knew how to race Speedway, but I never never got the chance to do it. My sister, I was going to race Speedway in 2018, uh, but my sister put a block to it because it's not fair if I get to race Bitchman and Speedway and she didn't get to race Bitchman. So. Yeah. So it still yeah. carries on that, that thing uh, with you and your sister. Time. Hang yeah. on, so your sister had been doing Speedway all this time as well? Yeah. And so she hadn't told you either? No, she she driven V6 wingless. Which oh, are, okay, different. They're, they're very yep. different. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, yeah, you don't have the wing, the extra 800 and something horsepower that they have. So, yep, yep. yeah, it's – um. Yeah, she 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 basically just rocks up to, to drive. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to obviously make a career out of it. Yeah. And, yeah, so we're at, we're at different levels. But now she's – now that I'm getting drives through other people, she can't say no. So at least I can actually drive Speedway. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So no, nah, but look, I mean, I've, I've got to go back to Lismore at some point this yeah. year during the summertime when I'm away from work to go work on her car with dad and, oh, so you and get work her racing. Her, yeah, right. So you help her out when you're not racing yourself yeah. in a way. Yeah, because dad's pretty rooted from all arthritis and, and stuff like that. So I'm basically, yeah. he's, he's arms and legs. Well, I used to be when I lived with him. Um, yeah. I don't know how he does it now, but he just sort of chips away at it. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah, back when I was in Lismore, Tash used to race, race wingless all the time, and and um, yeah, I basically just try and help her out as much as possible. But yeah, there was a lot of a uh, lot of family arguments at, at the speedway track sometimes. So. Yeah. Does she ever want to get into sprint cars as well? I don't know. Uh, she's yep. she's got a cheerleading business for herself, yep. um, so she's pretty wrapped up in that. Yeah. Um, and also trying to get back from the from the Lismore floods, her, her business got wiped out oh, by that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so she's pretty busy at the moment. Um, but so yeah. she owns a cheerleading business now, does she? Yeah. Wow, yeah. I literally just thought she was a cheerleader by like a professional one that. Helps. Uh, yeah. yeah. So right. yeah, to be a professional, I don't think there is. Well, there might be professional America, cheerleaders. Is, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So she she owns a cheerleading business in Lismore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, ta- it- it's taken off, so she has done very well for herself and. And yeah, you grow up with with Natasha, and then you sort of think, you know, I wouldn't trust my kids with her, but she's yeah. she's pretty good at it. So um, yeah, but it's no, nice. so yeah, so she started that in two thousand nineteen or eighteen now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so it's been going for a couple of years, and she finally got to a point where it's sort of a well-oiled machine, and then the floods came in and yeah, yeah. wiped it out. But yeah, yeah. She'll, she'll rebuild. And so Lismore's rebuilding, obviously now, is it? Like, yeah, it's pretty much pretty much back to normal now. 
Oh, uh, far off still. Is it far off or is it? Uh, not really. Yeah, yeah, it's a long right. way off. Yeah. So all of um all of South Lismore was was wiped out completely. There's no living in 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 there anymore. Yep. Sorry, I was turning this off. It's all good. We totally forgot about that because we just walked <laughs> yeah. into it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So yeah, South Lismore is pretty much gone. Um, a couple of the shops have reopened south. Um, in the CBD, a couple of shops have reopened, but. Yeah, I mean, really, you had a lot of people who had the flood and just said, this is enough, and then left. We had yeah. the flood back in 2017, which was big as mm-hmm. well. Um, I was actually racing in Wakefield Park when that happened. So, yeah, right. Yeah, with me. Every, every time there's been a big flood, I've missed out on it, thankfully. Wow. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, we had one in 2008 as well, which wiped out a couple of shops. So, so yeah. people are kind of getting over it in a way. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it's too much. And when you you rebuild and you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars because there's no insurance in, in Lismore for floods, mm. um, yeah, a lot of a lot of families are going broke from it, which is yeah, it's, it's sad because you know at the end of the day, a lot of these families are people I grew up with in in school, um, and yeah, they lost their houses, lost all their cars, lost pets, um, lost family members. I mean, there's a fair few people who died in the in the floods. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So it was. It was it is it's very sad. And when you go back to Lismore and you still see the town sort of dead, like we haven't got a city hall. The city hall's been wiped out completely. And yeah. I don't know what they're doing to rebuild that. Um, my school, Trinity, um, that's that's still, they're still deciding on whether they're going to rebuild that in Lismore or they're going to build it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's still no school there. Um, all the kids who are in high school are based out of Woodlawn, I think, because mm-hmm. uh, Richmond River's never reopening again. That was another school. Yep. Um, or Kadena as well. So Kadena's open, but the other kids have gone to Kadena or or Woodlawn. So, yeah, I mean, it was very when, – when you hear about all that stuff, you think, oh, like you, you don't really believe it until you so, sort of go and see it and you see, you know, mm. people in your school uniform at a different school. And mm. back in the day, that was unheard of. But yeah. yeah. Now it's that's what they got. And, and yeah, it's, it's very – I mean, yeah, you know, everyone sort of gets used to what you got and, and everyone's sort of kicking along now. But, yeah, it was very sort of – weird to see your own hometown sort of go through all that stuff from a distance Um, because you know obviously I haven't been through from away from Lismore for too long so I still knew everyone there and then yeah got wiped out so Mm. you got to tell me go back to the racing again Um, you were saying with Marcus Ambrose did he ever tell you any NASCAR Cup stories or anything like that oh there's been a few stories Um, I'd I'd love to get him on the couch he's like he's like a veteran you know what I mean like a Hall of Famer yeah. Um, what's it, what was he like to like work with? Do you know what I mean? Because he still works at GRM, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's he's definitely good. Um, he he knows his stuff. Um, for for driving mm. wise, and and when I started, I basically wanted to to sort of get to his level of I know the car inside out enough that I can say I need this on the car. Um, but yeah, the, the the American lifestyle of of racing is just very different to Australia. Yeah. In a lot of ways, and um, and Marcus is. He's like a, he's like an energizer buddy, bunny. Yeah. He just sort of comes in, goes, and then yeah, that's it. So he, he's very that doesn't stop basically. So he's got a lot of energy for a fifty-something-year-old bloke. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Is he? he? He's just. But he's at the same time people have wanted him to get back in a car, but he just does. He's, is he just over that part of his life in a way? Is he? Because he's I helping think, Owen Kelly, so. isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So him and Owen get along pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I think he is sort of done with it. I think. I mean, really, he, he was in – I don't know too much about him in supercars times. Mm. Um, but, yeah, you know, he obviously went through a bit of a, a hard time with supercars, which is why he went off to NASCAR. And and to make it over in two countries, really, I mean, mm. he made it in Australia then went over to America and made it over there, it's it's big ask. Um, you know, even even to sort of make it in one country, it's big ask. But 
yeah, when when you go to America and try and make it over there. As an Aussie even, because you've yeah. just been over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the po- population's bigger. In some ways it's better, in some ways it's worse um, than what it is over here to mm. make it. Um, from, from what I picked up in the week I was there, so not yeah. very long. But um, Do you want to make it over there? Because you were just saying before, like Gary and Barry were telling you maybe supercars isn't for you. Like do you, yeah. when you went over there, was like, were you like, fuck, this is epic. I want to get enough funding to come and stay over here and race. Or were you thinking it, it's fucking very competitive? How am I going to get to race over here longer? Like, uh, I'd, I'd 110% go back. Yeah. Um, I learned, I learned so much in that one, well, that one week. Yeah. Um, it was just, yeah, it was ridiculous. And, and the people I met over there were just a, a whole nother level, you know, and, and everyone was very, um, I don't know what the word is, very welcoming, I guess. You yeah. know, I went, went to, we were there for a week and, and every single night except for the first two, we were at different people's houses and having barbecues and they were cooking us dinner. And, and Do you like the American barbecue? It was good. It yeah, was good. Nice yeah. and tasty. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> some of the food was good. A lot of it was, how you Shit. going? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything, anything before lunchtime? You just don't eat, basically. So if I, if I was to go over there, I'd either be really fat or really skinny after a year. So, yeah. But yeah. Um, no, look, I mean, everyone over there was very, very nice and, and very helpful. Um, even, even you know, there was, there was a bloke I'd rub shoulders with on track a little bit and then we got into each other a fair bit and yeah. had a bit of fun on a track. A guy that you've never raced against before. Yeah, never raced against, ne- never met him before. Um, what's, the, what's the trend? Obviously, you've raced here and you've pretty much been there since the start of the Trans Am Series here, but what's it like over there? Is it like a V8 Supercar Series for them over there with crowds and fans? Did you sign autographs and posters and all that type of stuff? So it was a very different event, the Coda event. Yeah. No, normally, it is pretty high level. Um, the Coda event was very small though. So mm. it was one of the smaller ones I've been to, Yeah. Um, which is a bit of a shame, but it was sort of there. It was sort of a similar level to to our speed series in Australia. Okay. So there's, there's still a fair few people running around, um, although it wasn't one of their bigger events. So, yeah, the TA2 in, in America is basically their V8 supercars. Yep. Um, the cars are very much like V8 supercars, rail tires, better brakes. So their master cylinders are different to what we run. Um, the gearbox is different. They were, So the American cars are different to the Aussie cars? Yeah, by a mile. There, wow. There's nothing the same on the American cars. Okay. So the chassis has been lowered. Um, clutch is different. Engine's different. Diff. They're Gleason diffs. Um, fuel tank's bigger. Um, everything in those cars has been lowered to yep. try and make center of gravity as low uh, as possible. Are they, are they all H-pattern or are they or are they Yeah, H-pattern. All of both across in America and Australia? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So they run a different topic box, so I can't remember the actual name of it. Um, it kind of me. It's, it's basically the same as a G Force box where we run in Australia. Yep. But just a model above it. Yep. Um, expensive box. I think they're. Did it, so yeah, did it take you a while to get used to though? Because you've come from racing, you're staying here and you dodge yeah. to over yeah. there. Did you just. Did people. Did, it's very did, different. Did the team though at the time suspect you or like kind of like your Speedway background? Did they just like think that you'd go fantastic in that car straight away? Like, did you have any expectations on it or like yeah, the team? Yes or, no. Yeah, yeah. They, they sort of. I think they, they didn't expect me to do um, ridiculously well in a way. Um, we've had a few Australians go over there in the past, but they've all been blokes who have who were in the real early days of TA2 when there wasn't really too much competitiveness mm. and, and they sort of just yeah, went, went around there and, and cruised along. The TA2 over there now is so competitive. Mm. Um, in America? Yeah, it's huge. So yeah. all, the, all, the, all the kids trying to go to NASCAR now mm. go on TA2 to try and get better at road racing. Yeah, I'm going to head over right. there. So... Yeah, and you, you can tell the kids who have been on the oval and the kids who have grown up in circuit racing as well when you race against them because the, the kids who have been in circuit, mm. one's breaking late, pulling up, 
driving out yep. where the kids have been on oval, break early and just keep all the, the corner momentum up. Yeah. So it was, it was different racing against so many different driving styles. Um, so you could pick them up when you were racing at Central yeah, Americas and just- That's yeah. kind of like what Bubba, we're watching Bubba, Bubba Wallace's Wallace, yeah. documentary and yeah. he had the problem where he was saying that he couldn't do the circuit racing and need special teaching because like he said, you get that momentum racing up yeah. the style that they do and they had to teach him to break differently because he just kept doing the early yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is, it is very strange and-, and I guess it was it's all like racing against twenty like it was fifty five cars on the grid, but fifty five, yeah, the, holy the shit, top, the top twenty could have won. So yeah, right. it was um, I, I got screwed over and qualifying pretty hard. I was meant like we were on for pole, mm. and um, they called out a black flag, which is red flag on the second last corner of my lap. Yep, and so I ended up staying at P twelve. Um, got to P three within the second safety car restart. We only got one lap on both restarts, so second racing lap, and yep. And yeah, it was just carnage. Like the start, the first start, they said, just keep yourself out of trouble and you'll be right. And I was like, oh yeah, whatever. Like just same as, as all motorsport really. Yeah. Like everyone says that. And coming in turn one, I'm like, holy, oh. like everyone's just going crazy. <laughs> I had that in yeah. race two of my, when I won the championship. I was like, yeah. oh, it should be sweet. No. Yeah. No, when you're going and, four into a corner, yeah, you're like, yeah. something's going to happen well, here. <laughs> yeah, well, what I found was Rafa Matos, he was leading championship. Yeah. And, and everyone was just basically, it's like he just had a target on his back and everyone was just following him. So yeah, right. Coda's got no track limits for TA2. So they? Nah, so I've shot up the middle of everyone on the on the turn one. Yeah. And then they've all, Raf is on the inside and he's got bumped and he's yeah. gone left and everyone's just washed over to the left. So I thought, oh, I'll just go off to the right and <laughs> do my own thing. And I've come through and I think I've passed four cars. And I'm like, I've right heard there. this in American racing though because I've been asked to maybe race in for Spectrum in Formula Ford in America. They seem yeah. to have this thing where they like to follow each other. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they're like, they're, they're, they like the whole groove type of racing. Yeah. We're like us Aussies go over there and we're like, well, what you just said then we'll go, you, they go left, I'll go right. Yeah. Make your own track. Yeah. 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 And then even on the, on the restart, I think I'm a, um, like on the, on the first start, everyone was fighting to get to the inside, but the hairpin's so tight there, you, you can barely turn around it when you're on the inside. Yeah. So I just thought I'll just bomb around the outside and broke my normal point, just basically turned the corner like normal and went from, they went from eighth to fourth. Yeah. So yeah, did you was, use the full track or the half track? Full it, track. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it was, a, it, it was very big. Is it a bit overwhelming going around that track? Cause it goes up a hill a bit like spa. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, it's very steep. The, yeah. the turn one hill is very steep. But you don't notice it when you're in a car. Mm. Um, yeah. You, you, like, cause when we'll pin on the pit lane garages and the pit lane garage would be three stories. high, I think it was. And yep. if you stood on the roof of that, the track would still be higher than you. So oh, wow. yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty crazy. So it's just an awesome facility. Like I've I've been to some cool tracks in Australia, obviously, but yeah, never never that level. Yeah. Like that's um that was cool. Well, we'll go back to when you first with your Dodge. What we were saying about earlier, it was just was it just you and your old man with the Dodge originally? Yeah. Like back when you first started in that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So just me and Dad. Um, we had absolutely no clue what we we're doing with the car. So yeah. we got it out of the factory. How they have it set up and um stock and standard setup. Stock, stock standard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't know about shock roof valve or anything like that. So yeah. We went out there. We went to Sydney. Uh, I got to third, I think. Yeah. Um, then blew a fuel pump, fuel pump. Mm-hmm. Um, DNF the last race there. Then, then Morgan Park. We've come out. They qualified like three seconds off and just had no more car pace. So just out of it. And yeah. um, did you drive it like a Formula Ford because you just done from four, or did you have to adjust your driving style? No, I did, I, I adjusted my driving style pretty quick and and got got to turns it pretty quick. And I drove other people's cars and and was quick in that. But my car was. Just stock standards. We were yeah. just pay nowhere all the time. Oh, so you're trying to find the setup when you first got yeah, it. But yeah, but we, we had no clue where to even start. So we just sort of 
we went to the second round. We had a bloke called Danny Smith who who built super sedans in, in Lismore. He mm. actually came and helped us because uh, he's actually a very good um, – well, he, he met Howe Racing who builds the chassis over yep. in the States a couple of times. And, Did um, you go over there when you are in America to Howe Racing or not? No. Didn't have time. They, they were north. They were, they were pretty far north. Um, we, I met Chaz and, and the family. Yep. And, um, yeah, they're very, very top people. Like, yep. yeah, you won't meet any better people um, than the Howe family. It was all like meeting my own family, but – they all, they all spoke funny. So, yeah, <laughs> like that. They had the Charlie was the son. He was the oldest, so which was a bit backwards, but he was still copping all the all the shit from the two sisters. So, yeah, yeah, it's like, sort of like a, looking looking at an American looking version in, myself, like yeah. looking in the mirror, but just Americans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so the how version, so the house, sorry, the house where did you, did you have any setup type of stuff from them that Peter Robinson had given you yeah, and so, your dad? Or yeah, TA two comes with the Bible. So yep. we call it the Bible and, and it basically says if you have this, do this and, and you can basically build a setup off of that, which mm-hmm. we've done to the best of our abilities. We and got, this is in the Dodge. Yeah, the, the Dodge. Yep. Yeah. We got to the last race. In the race pace, we're about two two point two seconds off. Yep. Um in race three, because I think it was four race weekend, I got pretty lucky. George Mandique had a flat tire. And we had a lap cut at the same time, and there was a bloke in third um, who, at that exact moment, got just went the wrong way and got caught between the two of them. And I went around the outside in the last lap, yep. got on the second place. I thought, right, I've actually got a chance here. So I knew that I just had to get Cedo in the start and, and would be right. Um, first, because yeah, it was competitive that year, wasn't it? We had yeah. Cedo, Mediki. Yep, Mediki, Jarvis, Andrew Mediki as well. I forgot his name. He was, he was, oh, it was a young bloke who was in there. Think of his name every other day of the week. Yeah. No, number three. Yeah. Um, oh, um, oh, fuck. We're both stumped. stumped yeah. Oh, three or three? No, just three. Just three. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't, he had an Audi sports suit on. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? He can mention in the comments. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, I was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Drew Ridge. Drew yeah. Ridge. Oh, Drew oh, Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. in there. Um, he was a gun driver too. Yeah. Yeah. So there was, there was a, there was enough talent in the field. And, um, yeah, I just knew I had to get set on the start. Otherwise, I was going to be finishing second. Yeah, and first start didn't get him, and then a bloke put it into the fence and they threw a red flag. So we got a full race restart. I thought, right, I've got a chance here, so I've just got to really send it and hope for the best. So I basically just yeah forced Cedo onto the curb and said, if if you want to make contact, we can, but you're yeah. coming with me. And went around the outside of him at turn one to Walker Park, just a double right hander. Yeah, got the lead, and then I thought to myself, what do I do now? Like I've got 18 laps to try and hold him off, and I'm two and a half seconds lap slower. Yeah, and um. Yeah, I just basically just went white line fever and blocked the whole way and, and <laughs> managed to get the win. And and yeah, I, I mean, he got to the point where he had six cars in the front pack at yeah. the end of the race. So it was um it was quite busy. But after that round, we met Dream Racing Australia at the bend. Yeah. They helped us with the car setup, told us what to do. Um, we'd done it. And then all of a sudden we went and clean sweep the round and then blew the diff in the last race. So George Elliott was in your team that year, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So Who was he, the team of Dream Racing back then? Is so Ke- Cameron Fisher was a brains. Yep. Oh, do you mean drivers? Oh, you can tell the whole team. Yeah, right. Well, Cameron yep. Fisher was a brains. Frank Meza was an engineer. Yep. Um, and then you had Craig, who was driver, George Driver. Yeah. Uh, Bowie, Kim Jane, and uh, and Neil. Um, we just we all sort of um, yeah, just had our own jobs and own roles in the, in the whole thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was a very good team, and and they had American out there as well, who helped out, but um, he was. He was from Oval Racing, so he didn't really help too much with the whole, um, yeah, circuit racing setup. So Cam Fisher was really the brain behind that, and and yeah, we had a really good weekend. But from that round onwards, we were probably the fastest everywhere we went. Yeah, um, 
we just kept having mechanicals. I think I ended up having five mechanical DNS that year and lost championship. So yeah, right. Is yeah. that because those parts are built to be replaced quickly though? In those cars, they, they weren't built for a sixteen-year-old Nathan to be driving them. So <laughs> I, I, I think I definitely, yeah, definitely test them to their limits. Yeah, um, yeah I, I there, there was a lot of times where I just couldn't brake as late as I wanted to. So yeah. I just instead of blipping, just jamming in the gear and and make the rears lock so and pull oh, it up so faster. You, were you flat shifting in those cars? No, no flat can't. shifting. Okay. No. So yeah, you basically you can control because your left foot brake, you control mm-hmm. how much of a blip you give it. Um, so yes, yeah, so I was just sort of whipping it less and less, trying to make it pull up faster. Um, and then back then, you know, the brake biases were, were different. Brakes, brake master cylinders were different. Um, so it's changed since then. A lot. That, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, the cars back then were very hard drive, like yeah. very hard drive. And and they weren't made to be going fast. Um, when the cars first came into the country, they were doing 220s at Bathurst. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing 210s and looking to break 209, hopefully next time. But yeah, yeah. Right. so it's, um, yeah. We're, we're, I mean, the cars have kept the whole, whole spec the same. Um just had a few small improvements. Like we've got a Detroit locker in the, in the rear end now, mm-hmm. um, which is stronger. Um, still same clutch and gearbox. Um, but the, we've fixed the the braking of the cars, which t- takes a load off of the clutch and gearbox because what used to happen was you'd hit the brakes after about four or five laps in a race and the rears just lock up because mm. the fronts would go just straight to mush. So yeah, okay. the fronts would have that much temperature go through them um, and they weren't getting cool enough that they'll boil all the brake fluid in them. Mm. So you basically just after a while just pulling up off the rear brakes. And you couldn't change the brake bias mid-race or anything? You, you could. Yeah, okay. You maxed it out. Yeah, okay. So, and there was no point. If you just kept winding back, then you just keep boiling the rears and then you'd just have no brakes after a while. So, What was it like trying to – I've seen you race at Eastern Creek both categories, S5. Well, you technically started with Valvoline with both cars. Yep. What was it like trying to jump from one car to the next, though, trying to get your head around it? You did pretty well yeah. to, to, to do it. Like, that was that was very hard. Um, like, what's the S5000 like to drive? Yeah, no, <laughs> different. It was, it was, it was a great. I mean, they're a great car drive. Now we've we've done a bit of work with the shock package on them, and they're, they're very nice to drive. Before they were just way too loose. You know, they mm. they they you'd turn in, you'd just just crack a little bit of steering lock on a bit of brake pressure, it'd snap on you, you correct yeah. it, then you have understeer, then you try and touch stroll and snap again. This is S five thousand. Yeah, all yeah. the time. Just every single corner would just do the same thing, and then you get to high speed, and and they want you to bomb it in at two hundred and sixty k an hour, and the thing's trying to step around and and yeah. send you around backwards. They're so, on a hard tire, aren't they? Those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they gave you no feel. Um, but now we've done this shock change to them at, at the Gold Coast, and mm. the cars are just come alive. You know, you can actually really hustle it and drive it. Yeah, and it just it cops it. So, so it's, the, it's like a race so, car now. So the shock changes actually help the cars develop in a way. Yeah. So basically, we we had the shock set up for F3 standards. Um, so it, we basically copied the mapping of an F3 shock um, with a bit more, I think it was, pre- I think we just used more pressure mm. uh, to counteract the extra weight we have from the from the V8 engine in the back of it. Yeah. Um, so the new shocks now are set up specifically for S5000, 900 yep. kilo race car spec. So yeah, so the rear shocks basically just made a night and day difference. We're doing a few things with tires and push rods and stuff like that to try and make them even better again. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously moving around with the, the whole uh, push-to-pass stuff. Um, yeah. Oh, it was a push-to-pass yeah. thing. Is that new or is that? Yeah, that was new for Gold Coast. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. basically that's just a the, – the S5000 is basically just like a video game. You yeah. can turn up and down the wick whenever you want to and, and you know, <laughs> yeah, right. you, can, you can change your throttle. You can change your maximum throttle. Only Stiffy from GRM can do it. Yeah. Um, or Rog from, from Innovate Engines can yep. do it. And, yeah, you basically just plug into the ECU, tell the car you're not allowed to go past 91%. And all of a sudden, you put your foot for hundred percent throttle, and just goes ninety one percent instead. So, does GRM look after most of those cars, and then they send out to the teams, or do they? 
How does yeah. that how does that series work? Because it's still trying to find its feet. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's a very hard series um, to get going because mm. um, it's so competitive and the cars have been so hard driving in the past. Yep. Now I think the cars getting better to drive. You're gonna have more people come through. Um, and you know the person appointing. I mean, Jimmy Golding comes straight into supercars and he's you know killing probably, it. Probably one of the yeah top guys you'd you'd rank. Um, yeah. And yeah, as five thousands, all he's really done for the last two years. So yeah, I mean it, it shows. I mean the, the category. It's got all the talent in it, and it's it's got the cars are hard to drive, and and yeah, it just sort of needs a bit of a an unbroken year. This is the first year it's had unbroken. Um, even then, it still had a few complications throughout the year, uh, but you know it, it is still pretty popular. So um, yeah, hopefully next year we can just go strength to strength all rounds, um, no problems, and and big There's fields. like 21 cars at Adelaide, isn't there, or something like that? No, like 15. You, 15. So we only okay. have eight. Uh, we only have 18 cars built. Mm-hmm. And um, I think only sixteen of them can race, and I think two are privately owned. Yep. Um, so yeah, we've got all cars except for one uh, racing, um, and one's just sitting at the workshop, just yeah, collecting dust for for now. Yep. Um, but yeah, we, we can easily get it ready to go. Um, yep. all, all the cars, we we can. I think GRM can do a deal where they service cars in between rounds. Don't quote me on it. Yeah. Um, but. I'm fairly sure we can. Um, we service them and send them to you, and you race on the weekends. So, yeah. Do you mechanic on all the te- like all the cars when you're working at yeah. GRM? Like, do you work on the TCRs and everything? While you, well, while when you're I first started, not? I was on my S5000. Yep. Now I've moved to Trans Am. Okay. Um, because Trans Am is basically just a a, a lot busier. Mm. Um, you know, the S5000 very easy to maintain. Like okay. very, very easy for a race car. Um, when you start bending stuff, that's when it's, they start to become a bit of a pain. And expensive. Um, yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> but when the cars are, have all four wheels and they roll out of the truck how they how they went into it, um, yeah, they're very easy to maintain and, and they require require very little maintenance and they're actually very cheap to run, um, believe yep. it or not. So, yeah, I mean, they, they look after all the oils and everything. The cars, you could easily turn the wick up and, and make them, you know, eight, nine seconds lap fast if you wanted to, um, mm-hmm. just for an extra 40, 50 grand. But, yeah, that's not really what they're about. The cars are about being hard to drive, being fast. And, and yeah, the, Gary and Barry, when they built the Sirius, didn't want it to be the fastest Sirius in Australia. Well, well yes, they did. Mm. They wanted it to be the hardest to drive in, in Australia. Not not You you can easily make a, a Formula 1 type Sirius where the cars will drive themselves yep. and go really quick. But, yeah, there's no real fun in that. You know, yeah. this is... This category made to be its own. So um, it was built off a bit of nostalgia like those old Formula 5000s yeah. to make them harder drive and experienced drivers to come through and have a crack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and really, you know, you, you can get some young boys as well come through a series and really prove themselves. I mean, if you can hustle an S5000, you can hustle anything, really. Yeah. They're, um, yeah. Does I mean, any of the Formula 4 stuff help you with the S5000 when you, for memory or not really? Um, the Formula Ford was, yeah, I mean, you need to do Formula Ford to really learn. Um hmm. You do see a lot of the Formula Ford guys who've come into it have actually been at the front. You know, mm. I mean, I like mean, Jude and stuff, and yeah, Ben and Barguana. Yeah. For, for Jude to come straight in and be at the front, he's he's doing pretty well. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, Formula Ford definitely does help. Um, granted, it if you, if I hop back into Formula Ford now, I'd feel like I'm going five k now compared to S five thousand. But <laughs> yeah, it it definitely does. I mean, yeah, the brake trace is the same, throttle trace is the same. Everything's all the same to Formula Ford, and, and they do give you the the high speed moving sensation as well. Formula Ford um, that S five thousand does. S five thousand though is a bit more brutal. If it moves at high speed, you're you're going for a ride. You're not you're not just sort of hanging on to it and, and drifting along. You're, you're going for a big ride. Yeah, if it starts to starts to move on you. But um, yeah, I mean the the Formula Ford was yeah, it's it's hands down 
the best thing I've I've driven, and yeah. it's, it's helped me a lot throughout everything. I know you've been asked this for a while, but um, what happened with the whole Bathurst scenario? I know you've had it a few a few interviews on it now, yeah, but that's right. What was that? What was it like for like you to you had all this like momentum build up, and Gary and Barry one hundred percent behind you, and literally you can talk to anyone on the internet. They were like Nathan Hearn needs a supercar license. Um, what for you kind of held you back, and what was like the whole feeling leading up to that event? Uh, it was just politics to help me back, really. Yeah. Yeah, no other way to say it. Yep. Um, Australia's. Could you ha- could you get in a supercar now though? Like, what's the whole go? Still, still don't know. You still um, don't know. Yeah. Really. So I've been told I have a super license. Yeah. Um, although every time I've tried, yeah, nothing's really come come of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a very very strange ordeal. The whole thing. Yeah. Um, so I, you, I understand a little bit more than what I'm leaning on to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't really. So want to. technically, you need to race something with a super in it to race supercars. Yeah. Is that how it works? Yeah. Even though you've dominated Trans Am for God knows how many yeah. races. Yeah. Is that or, what they expect of everyone? Like super huge, yeah. you have to do super three, super two to go yeah. there. Yeah. Somewhat. Yeah. 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 So basically, you want to go super two to if you want to go supercars. Yeah. Mm. It's a shame because yeah, you don't. I don't really have the money to to throw yeah. a house away to drive a race car for a year. Mm. Um. But yeah, the, the whole 2020 ordeal was very. Very strange. Um, it's, it's hard to. I was still living in Lismore, which I think the best thing about living in Melbourne is mm. at least no one knows me, so I can sort of go somewhere and, and cruise along. Where in Lismore, I was pretty heavily followed because I mean, I was really the only bloke from Lismore actually doing something um, yeah. in, in motorsport. And mm. and yeah, for, for the whole, I mean, Lismore's pretty full of bogans, as you yeah. can imagine. So um, <laughs> we all follow Bathurst. And, yeah. And to have a. And so they were wrapped for you to be racing yeah, exactly. at the time. Yeah. And, yeah. Have a bogan representative in, in the Bathurst 1000 was cool. But yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, going to the shops and you're getting asked about it whilst it was happening, it was pretty hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I remember when I first got asked, I was, yeah, to, to drive in September 2nd at 8 a.m. So was, you were secured essentially in your head and Barry and Gary's head. Way well before it, and then it turns up, and then you're not allowed to race. Anyway. I, I was I was driving and I had my gear ready to go the week before the event. Yeah, and on the Sunday, uh, the the Friday before, I got told I wasn't driving. Yeah, so yeah, and I, that was at eight AM when I was at work. I thought, wow, oh, this is a long work day now. But yeah. holy shit! So it was um yeah, I mean it was a very very different time of life, but I'm I'm very glad it did happen really yep. because it's given me what I've got now um with with Gary and Barry and. I think it's actually me knowing you as a person anyway. It's actually, as you said, motivated you. And it's actually turned you in a way to a better driver anyway. Like, yeah. It's kind of like what Got Brooke that says. that hunger in you. Yeah. yeah. Like, like with Brooke, she's like, you don't, and other people have said to myself as well, you know, you've got this perception in your head where you've got to be doing this and that and this. Yeah. But other people are like, no, nah, don't worry about it. You're a good driver. And I think like you've dominated in pretty much everything mm. now. Do you know what I mean? And you've had Marcus as your mentor because he, you've mentioned, had issues with supercars as well and then went to NASCAR. Do people like that then, are there plans or like, you know, advice given to look to the US and to NASCAR over there instead or are you going to still fight for here? Look, we'll see. We'll see. Um, the, the American stuff was very good to do and, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Uh, We'll, we'll look at it, but it's very hard to make it over there. Mm. Um, the money over there is very much similar to Australia um, to try and take the next step. I mean, the deal I've got with Valvoline GRM is 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 second to none, and, and really um, I'd be mad to give it up unless I had something better, yep. um, which, you know, better doesn't really come very often. So, yeah, to, to go to America, it's still very expensive. And, and to be on the other side of the world, you know, even living in Melbourne, I've, I've missed out on a lot of stuff in my family. Um, 
you know, I've, I've got some nieces and nephews now who don't really know me too much. So, yeah. um, but yeah, look, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's life. And, and I've really got to, you know, I've, I've dedicated the last 20 years of my life to, to making it. So I may as well, yeah, go to the extra step and maybe move over to another country. But yeah, yeah, we'll just see. You know, I, I don't want to say anything because yeah. I, I learned pretty hard in 2020 when you say things generally don't happen. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, yeah, 2020 it taught me a lot of things and, and one of those was, yeah, never never take anything granted until it's, you're on a grid. So now I, I don't get excited for a race tomorrow. I haven't even thought about tomorrow until I'm lining up on, on the dirt and ready to go. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, yeah, I don't know. You sort you sort of that that whole that whole experience was very hard um, to sort of go through because you know it's my dream as a kid growing up and I've yeah. always wanted. to How do old it. were you then? Because it was only twenty twenty, so it's two years ago. I was eighteen. Eighteen. Fresh, fresh eighteen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, it was it was very very hard because yeah, I was eighteen, so you're not very very mature really mm. when you're eighteen. As much as you like to think you are, you're not. Mm. I'm still pretty immature now as it is, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah, back then I just you know. I was really biting my tongue, um, trying not to say, world's crap, blah, 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 everyone's against me. You know, yeah. you have to just put a smile on your face and, and whenever people ask you about it back then, just sort of had to say, oh, yeah, it is what it is. We're working at it and, and try and be Gary and Barry. But that, yeah. was, that was a very hard time of life um, to sort of get through it all. And and then I had my mates sort of, as mates do, giving giving me shit about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they'll, they'll always say, oh, you're not good enough for race supercars, mate. You're not driving today to whatever mate's house we're going to with the motorbikes on the back. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So, you'd always, yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, I sort of needed that to sort of take take it as a bit of a joke and, and not take it to heart so much. Mm. Um, Do you at least have to test the car, didn't you? Yeah, done two-day tests. Oh, we'll um, see. That's, there's not, it's not technically the end of it. You still got to drive a main game yeah, supercar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we put the invite out for them to come watch me test and, and sign me off and, and say I was a good driver. Mm. Um, they said yes, and they turned it down the day before, so they weren't coming. Yeah. Um, and then we sent them the data saying, this is my data compared to Tyler and Moff. Yep. And didn't even open it. So. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it is what yeah. it is. It really is. Yeah. As you said, it's as much as I don't want to say it, it's a bit of a motivation for me now. Yeah. Um, I want to make it more than ever, and yep. I'm not stopping anymore. You so know, you're making uh, a statement on the track essentially right now yeah. when you race. Yeah, I guess so. And And – yeah, I mean, Gary and Barry, they, they've never given up on me, so, yeah, I can't really give up on them in a way. What's, um, what's it like being an ambassador for Valvoline, though? Like, that's pretty cool because there's the Dumsies here in Sydney yeah. and then there's yourself and then there's a few others. What's it like being, you know, an ambassador for that, such such an iconic brand, you know what I mean? Like yeah, Mark Martin in NASCAR had it, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, Oh, no, all NASCARs have it. It's, it's, it is cool and, and Valvoline's very good to work with. Um, mm. I've had some sponsors who have been very – strict with everything yeah um, but Valvoline's been very good and and you can really get along with them as just normal people because they are mm. um, there's no egos in Valvoline a lot of businesses are very um, this is the top and you're down here mm. um, Valvoline's very very open and, and they yeah sort of just cruise along and, and yeah I mean I appreciate everything they do for me and, and I think same goes for them and, and um, yeah it's it's been a it's been a good two years with them and, and it's good to have a sponsor who's really I mean, as much as they want me to be the full package, they know I'm only 20, so they're helping me sort of move on as well um, mm. in terms of that they're saying like, oh, yeah, if you can do this for us, that'll be good or, or do this. And, and yeah, so it's it's been a very good time and and they, they sort of walk me through a few things. Like I've done a, a few um, conferences for them with the cars and, and rock-ups with the cars to a different Valvoline stand and and they tell me what I need to do and, and, and they don't say it in a way that, you know, sort of, pushed me around. They sort of say like, Oh, if you can do this, it'd be good. You know, it, it's been a very good time with Valvoline and, 
And yeah, we'll see what happens in the future with them. Yeah. What was it like before we go um, to like win that national championship then in Trans Am first? Obviously, that was, an, uh, that was, I thought it was a fucking wicked moment, by the way, over COVID, how you did the mad burnout, which you got in trouble <laughs> <laughs> down the straight. That was fucking epic. But that was probably the best burnout I've seen for the last five years or something. <laughs> yeah, I, well, the thing was, I, I was going to do it bigger. Um, I was oh, gonna, so that, you were holding back on yeah, the burnout. Yeah, no, no. I was going, so why I spun out the end, I was going to the right. Yeah. And I think, I think it was Mark Crutcher, yeah. one of the nicest guys in, in, in Trans Am racing. Yeah. He's, he's looking at me do a burnout. He's put up beside me. I'm trying to go to the right-hand side. Yeah. And they had the onboard camera and they moved it away. Yeah. And I've gone like waving him, trying to get rid of him. Yeah. And he's waving back at me thinking I'm waving at him. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, mate, get out of the way, get out of the way. Yeah. And I've looking at him and I've looked forward. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm at the corner now. So I've tried to, tried to slow it down. And mm-hmm. as I slowed it, like lifted out of throttle, she just got gripped and spun around. I was like, oh, no, this is embarrassing. We just ended the burnout here. And I thought, oh, well, I'll do a skid in the way out. Mm-hmm. I've, um, let go of the clutch, put my foot to full throw, and mm. it's sitting on limiter. I'm like, oh, this is good. <laughs> Look at my mirror and there's no smoke. I'm like, oh, okay, something, something's starting to go here. So, yeah. But now the first championship, I mean, you just won your first championship. So yeah. I think you know it's it's before the race, you're sort of sitting there sweating bullets, thinking, why, yeah. am, I, why am I here? I want to go home. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the most nerve-wracking moments. Yeah. And then, yeah, look, I mean, I got to probably – Four laps from the end, and I always find with racing, as soon as I <clears throat> as soon as I think about something, I'm mm. toast. And I thought I started thinking about, geez, I hope this car holds on. And then for I the had that it, same feeling. Hey, yeah, well, you, you, you yeah, yeah a oh. different reason too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in limp mode for half of that. But, yeah. but no, I was just thinking like, because I've I obviously had 2019 where everything that could have broken did break mm. um, on my car, and yeah, I was just thinking, Jesus, this car better hold on, and then held on, and. Let her up at the end and you beauty. That was, did, that was so did time. Gary and Barry put you to the Stang the next year? Like, was that always the plan or was? No. So that actually came about because I was working a workshop on the S5000. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry said something about, yeah, yeah, we're thinking about going Trans Am next year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, can I drive for you? And then yeah. he's like, oh, yeah, you can if you want. And he's like, I thought you were having a dream. And I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm here. So I want to learn about Trans Am. So I want to be underneath Trans Am cars. And um, yeah. yeah, so I got the drive. So mm. that was um that was how that all started. I was very disappointed when they said we're going Mustangs. Um, <laughs> oh, so you didn't want to go the Mustang. Well, I think it's the best looking car on the grid. Yeah, but there's so many of them. <laughs> like, too, too much of a good thing isn't a good thing. So you want to be different when you're out there in a way. Yeah. You, yeah. yeah. The, the Dodge was good because it was different, you know, and yeah. I had a lot of people who followed me just because I was Dodge. Really? And, uh, yeah, even even in America when I went over there. They were asking you why you went into Dodge. Yeah, well, Mark Miller, he's he's pretty pretty big name in America. Yeah. He's like, oh, I used to watch you all the time. And he's like, then you went to Mustang. I stopped watching. I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but um, no, the, Do- the Dodge was awesome fun and, and it was good because it was different. Mm. Um, then you always had the people who said, oh, it's because he's in a Dodge, he's winning, it's, it's faster and straight line, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, here we go. Oh, so you had people accusing you of a certain thing because they thought you were ch- like no, typical racing thing? They, they just thought it was just body shells. Yeah, so okay. They always seem to complain. At least when you're in a Mustang and they're in a Mustang, they don't, they can't complain about your body shells. So they just complain about something else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I, I do miss Dodge. I wish we were in Dodges. But um, basically for, for the team and, and the the – Way to make it easier for the team 
is to run all Mustangs. So when we go to track, if someone rips off front end, we've all got front ends on the yeah. cars. So, oh, so you've yeah. all got them good to go. So when you're yeah. at a, when you're at a race, say if I race myself, which I'd fucking love to do, yeah, um, race yeah, trans yeah. you get into it, mate. Yeah, I would. I'd have they, a crack. It's a big form of Ford. Oh, mate, I'd be keen as <laughs> yeah. mustard, man. Yeah, that's 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 one of my goals. Um, yeah. But yeah. So when you turn up and say if I'm racing myself, they've got like is it is does Pete have a parts truck at the back? Is that a word yeah. or Gary or Barry or so how does Cam, it work? Cam Center's got a parts truck. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you just have a, a trailer, you, mm-hmm. you literally go to the track with a toolbox and open trailer and you can race. Yeah, right. Uh, which is what's so good about the category. Mm. Um, it kind of reminds me of the early V8 supercar days in the nineties. Exactly. Yeah, and we get that all the time when you go to the track. You see, you see all these old punters with their old HRT shirts, and and they say the exact same thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because you do have the, the roughies, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, you know, me and Owen had a few biffs throughout the year and a few words exchanged at some times. And, yeah. and I mean, it's good because you don't have that in, in top leagues anymore. Mm. You know, people get out of the car and shake hands and smile at each other and say, oh, you put me in a fence, how good? You know, yeah. like, everyone's so vanilla. Well, at least in Trans Am, we can get into each other and there's no repercussions for it. So yeah, that's what Brooke likes about it. There's so many characters in that class. Too, yeah. Man. Like it's just yeah. NASCAR-ish. Yeah, yeah, it's got that NASCAR vibe, like yeah. you said, like the US, and it's much more like there's no, I guess, fences between you and others, you yeah. know, the way that it's sort of there's yeah. that gap between supercars and the public. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, if I was a spectator of Trans Am, I'd probably leave two laps from the end of the race and go to the pits yep. and just watch everyone as they come out of the car. So you can yeah. see if someone's got a red face, they're yep. going straight for someone else. <laughs> so there's, You're there's, at the action. Yeah. yeah, I remember actually Sydney last year, we were pinned in between two guys who had a shunt, like the yeah. whole GRM team and two guys had a shunt and they've just met out in front of us and all the GRM boys are standing around my car just sitting there basically eating popcorn watching them go at it. <laughs> There's no punches thrown or anything, oh, just boys exchange. I've been on test days at Eastern Creek and you get a few of the Trans Am boys and they're like, oh, fuck that bloke and fuck that yeah. bloke. I'm like, man, like you do, you dudes are like legit having a crack, <laughs> eh? Like there's no like, as you said, handshaking supercars. Yeah. You no. guys, you guys will literally come back from the race, and there'll be Nash Morris and yourself, and there'll be parts and shit banging off the cars. It's great to watch, man. Yeah, well, it is good, and because yeah. they're so cheap to to run, fiberglass mm. fiberglass is pretty cheap. So, yeah. so if I was to get into it and I had a few sponsors, right? Yeah. Like, what would be like me to just get a second hand car and out of a trailer type of thing? Do you know what I mean? The like, cars are very dear at the moment. Yeah, um, because everyone's was, trying to get into them. Yeah, um, we've got eighty something cars in the country. Eighty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's taken off pretty big. Got my first car was number 16 or number 19, I think. Yep. So, um, yeah. Uh, for a second-hand car now, it's, it's ridiculous because they used to be 135, but I think they're up to 170, 180. Um, yep. Some cars even sell for 190, which is mm. just crazy. That's just basically but how much did, How much did you buy your first car for? Oh, that would have been 145, I think, with everything. Yeah, okay. Um, part, spare parts included, brand new car. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, nowadays – yeah, because there's such a demand for them. Mm. Sorry, they're um, yeah, gotten a lot dearer. Mm. Um, you get to – if you get the car, get all the stuff sort of ready to run, you can run a car as cheap as chips, really, if you yeah. don't yourself. Um, they're, they're not dear to maintain. Oils, really. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have an oil sponsor, that, that helps out a lot. So, Valvoline is very helpful for that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, oil, oils are black. So, you do basically engine oil every second round. Mm-hmm. Um Gearbox oil every round. Um, if you have a miss shift, you you take out the gearbox oil as a precaution. Um, check the magnet to make sure you haven't done a, a, a gear. The gearboxes are quite weak. Uh, you can easily destroy gear pretty quickly in those things. And mm-hmm. once you destroy one gear, the whole box is basically about to go. Yeah. If you keep driving it, um, yeah. so you can either just take the box out, replace the gear, and send it. Or yeah. So so there'd be a lot of gearboxes changing in the yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah. Basically. So you, you can generally survive a whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Um. 
But yeah, if you stuff up a gear change and rip off the dog, uh, yeah, rip a tooth a off dog. the dog on the first yeah. lap, on the first day, yeah, you're sort of in best drive. So then you take the box out, get a new one off Cam Sendall, give yours Cam Sendall. Um, Cam will take it back home, charge you a bit of a fee for the new box. He will replace that part, charge you for that new part, and you get basically the whatever's left over back. Um, yep. So he doesn't charge you for a whole new gearbox. You only need one part. He, he just charges you for the part, really, yep. plus a few little things. Um, and then, yeah, really, that's, that's basically all that sort of fails. Um, just taught wheel bearings and, and you're right to go. So they're um, very, very easy to maintain. I've noticed away from, um, obviously, New Zealand has pub- published their article on the Trans Am Racing Series. Bar Australia, it's legit turning into the V8 supercars series around the world at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, uh, Hal was telling me he sold cars – He's his chassis manufacturer. So there's three chassis, manu- chassis manufacturers in America. Yep. He sold cars to 18 countries. 18? So, yeah. Wow. Do you remember the weirdest country that he sold it to? Uh, I, I <laughs> did ask that question. I should have asked that. Pakistan or something yeah, like that. Something. I, sh- I should have asked that. That, yeah. that would have been a good one. But I think they got five racing series countries. Yeah. Um, Mexico, America, Australia, New Zealand, and there's one other that I'm mm. actually too. Isn't there TA? Brazil. Isn't Brazil, it? Actually. Oh, yeah, Brazil. That's yeah. big over there. Isn't there also not just TA2, there's TA1? Yeah, so TA1 is like. Yeah, that's in America. They're, they're like sports sedans on steroids. Okay. So, but yeah. a spec car. So, they're mm-hmm. just ridiculously fast. Yeah. So cool cars. Awesome cars. Very mm-hmm. dear. I think they're probably $700,000 American cars. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, in Australia. Yeah, there's, there's not really a market for those type of cars. So mm-hmm. the TA2 cars at least are, are cheap to, yep. to buy. Um, you buy it and you can run it for three years. Were they at, were the TA1s at um, Circuit of America when you were there? Yeah. So was, was there many cars though racing or not? No. <laughs> so there would have been there would have been about eight TA1 cars. TA1's sort of dying a little bit. Mm. Um, TA2 is where everyone's gone because it's so big and, and so cheap and, and awesome to race. TA1, yeah, sort of dying a little bit. Because it's sort of in a, a similar boat to what Australian motorsport is, the TA1 series. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to, you know, to the point where no one can really afford to drive it. You can't have the young, fast guys afford to drive it. So you either have old, rich blokes pay for the young guys to drive it or you have old, rich blokes pay for the old, rich blokes to drive it. Yeah. You never really have um, just real talent come through or rich dads pay for their son. Yeah. It's um, a weird sport to be in, hey, motorsport. Motorsport, yeah. yeah. Very hard to explain to, to my mates on why – Certain people are in supercars and I'm not. You know, yeah. It's very hard to sort of explain. Like a lot of my mates say, well, they 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 say to me, you know, you you won S five thousand, you won Trans Am, won't you? Won't you in supercars? Mm. Well, so if you sit down for four hours, I've been last. Well, since yeah, we were down the last two years and that it was an eye opener because it's like I came from a lot of other sports at high competitive levels, but yeah. like it's talent that's there yeah there's always gonna be a bit of politics here and there you see yeah. that everywhere but like i said to dan yeah there's a, and you like when i have other like other friends you're explaining it to it's yeah like yes there's talent there's training there's a sport but then because it's such a money-driven sport you've got this whole level of politics and you see that even like in the f1 and that and you sit there and watch and you're like why is this kid here and you know in f2 there's kids mm. just sitting there that should be beating all of them and it's it's a whole game and you see that here like you said even sometimes in supercars you're like that person should have long left by now and well you're, you should have filled a seat or someone else i'll watch like we watched like recently like you know the trans am and mm. even at bathurst and i'd see some of them in you know super twos and you're like why is x y and z not in there you yeah. know and it's just all politics at the end of the day and money yeah yeah it is it is a very different sport because at the end of the day it's a costly equip mm. equipment um, you know, you can buy a pair of footy boots for 120 bucks and go kick a footy and you're set for the yeah. year. 
where race cars, you can add a three zeros to the end of it. And did you, you ever do any? Racing. Did you ever do any other sports bar yeah. racing? You did. Uh, I, don't, I played soccer for a couple of years. And Were you good at it? I wasn't any good. Well, I wasn't too bad. I was yeah. good at it for till stop playing for go karts. But yeah. I used to actually do temping bowling. So, really? Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, I got to the point where I won won a tournament, won six hundred and fifty bucks, and yeah. finished on a high. So retired. No, I think I was finished bowling. I started bowling when I was nine. Finished when I was just under twelve, maybe eleven. Mm. Um, yeah, won that tournament. I remember playing in the finals. It was a handicap tournament, so I can't really take full credit. But yeah. My handicap was thirty five. So your handicap works off your average mm-hmm. game. So if it's below two hundred. However much it's below two hundred is what your handicap is. So my average was one sixty five mm. um, for this handicap tournament. So my average, my handicap was thirty five. So I got thirty five pins added to my score. Yep. The bloke I was competing against, his average was one hundred and ninety two. So he had eight pins extra. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I won it by like two pins in the end with the handicap. So that's how I got the how I got the tournament. But yeah, no, I used to used to like bowling and used to be pretty good at it. Um, but yeah, I got to the point where was that just you got in, you just liked it because you got involved in a kids party when you were younger, or was it just like a thing like oh I'm just going to go there and see if I like temping bowling? No, that's, that's a weird. Yeah. That's kind of like a weird sport that someone wouldn't expect. You know what I mean? Yeah. To get yeah, involved I, in. Whenever I say it, it's different. And yeah. it, it's it's. Did handy you have the though. classic eighties fucking t shirt too when you rocked up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I used to rock up in the race shirts. Yeah, I, I used to look a bit strange though because you know I'd be going to lose more temping bowling. They had a deal where. You done two leagues. You got free bowling. Yeah. Um. Like throughout the day, you could just go there and, and they'll give you a lane. You just bowl for as long as you want. So mm. I remember I rocked up there one day. Dad used to actually. So how I got good pretty quickly was Dad used to go to work mm. on weekends, drop me off before he went to work, and I'll just bowl all day. So I'll be bowling seven hours, eight hours, wow. and um, and Dad'll be working, and then he'd pick me up on the way back home. So yeah, I was I was like ten or eleven bowling fifteen pound balls. So mm. after a while, I got pretty fit. Yeah. Timmy and Bowen, but um, yeah, it was it was strange because I'd see some of my mates from school rock up bowling, yeah. and I'm sitting there bowling all my custom balls and stuff, and yeah, <laughs> uh, it was it was yeah, it's strange time of life because it's not yeah. really a, a cool kid sport, mm. I guess, but yeah, I just loved it so. Yeah, that right. was me. That I was, think uh, it's saying that we, I, you made me remember in you know in high school now when you've got I don't know if you had term sport one yeah. of our terms was actually having to go to ten pin bowling every single week yeah and I just I, I oh, was so just you not, did you did it too yeah we're made to do it though like, <laughs> yeah. so the, I was a swimmer back then so I, I don't know ten pin bowling for me I was like oh god do I have to go to ten pin bowling again I yeah. was just not good at well, it see, at all it was yeah. always in the gutter but um yeah but we had to do it every week for whatever how many weeks you do twelve weeks or something in a term or more yeah. what so you two did it and I I'm the only one left. <laughs> oh, come on. You went to ski school. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I went to ski school. Yeah. yeah. But it works out though because, you know, you, you go out with some mates and, and you all go Timbin Bowl on yeah. and mm. I'll, I'll leave that detail out. and mm. go You can throw and some bets down there and be like, yeah, okay, yeah. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a good little ego boost. You know, yeah. they, they yeah. might beat me at something else, but. Did that? Let's go 10 pin bowling. The 10 pin bowling would have helped you with your racing career though because the hand and eye coordination. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I used to find. Bowling was just sort of a bit of a like, – it's like snowboarding. So snowboarding I only got to do for the first ever time last year. But mm-hmm. as soon as I've done it, it's, there's only a few things in life that sort of make me feel like I'm racing again. Right? Yeah. I just don't think about anything. Um, did you I, go with Jimmy, did you? Or on your own? Snowboarding. Yeah. No, this is when I went to New Zealand last year. Oh, okay, yeah. So I ended mate. up going solo Yeah, because he got locked down. So Yeah, right. Um, yeah, that was actually a good trip. But, um, yeah, so there's only – there's a few things in life that sort of make me – forget everything mm. and that was 
surprise, surprise, Tempin bowling and, and racing and, and snowboarding. So, yeah, they're probably the uh, – Tempin bowling, obviously, I don't do that anymore. I don't mm. really – I don't mind it, but I don't enjoy it as much as I used to. But snowboarding and racing is – yeah, I'd, I'd happily live a life of, of them too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nath, we've nearly been here for nearly two hours. Yeah, it's over an hour and a half. Hour and a half. What's the first in? Game time, is it? It is game time. Unless you've got anything else that you want to bring up. I don't know. No, I think that's that's enough. That's enough. (laughs) I've exposed myself enough there. (laughs) Um, Well, Nate, Nate, this show is called The Fast Five. And and I don't know if you've listened or heard other episodes, but we we have a game show at the end. of It changes every now and then, but we have a lot of Fast Fives going on. Yeah. Yeah, five questions. Three, three out of five. Three out of five, correct, and you get an, an awesome prize. Below an awesome prize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you get one or two correct, you get a shit prize. Oh, um, here we go. Now, Brooke has introduced a new fast five for everyone today. Get an A, B, and C choice now. Yeah, you get an A, B, and C choice. Others might get angry about this and be like, I never got a choice. So, yeah. you know, tough luck. They'd be like, <laughs> they'd be like Nate got it easier than the rest of us. But um, I'll still fail it somehow. Do you reckon? Uh, okay. It's a, it's a quiz question and it's all about motorsport. Um, and you I think should, Dan failed it when I gave I, it to him. I failed it. Too. I think you got two out of five, Dan. To yeah. make to make you feel better, Cricky and a lot of the other guys have done pretty well, but still failed. So <laughs> yeah. Cricky got two and a half out of five yesterday and got a special prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah. So the first one is, um, and we can also talk about it if you know about the subject. Is um, which one of these three drivers have not won an A main with the World of Outlaws? Is it A. Jack Hewitt, B. Bob Kinzer, C. Jimmy Sills? Do you know Speedway? I do. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's that's old names, is it not? Yeah, yeah. it's old names. Yeah, yeah, it's legendary names. They never won an A main. They never won an A main. Is it A, Jack Hewitt, B, Bob Kinzer, C, Jimmy Seals? It feels, today it feels like I'm on the- I feel like it's A. Oh. No? No, it's B, Bob Kinzer. Kinzer? Serious? Yeah, it's Kin- that's, that's what I thought too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. By the way, today makes me feel like I'm on like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Maybe Nate can have the thing like the the. the oh, yeah, well, I'm, gra- I'm glad he repeated the the answers because I forgot all the names straight away. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that the whole way through. So yeah. I'm like that when someone introduces, "Hi, I'm this," and then I walk away. I'm like, "Damn, what was their name?" He's like, "Shit, I don't remember either." I'm yeah. like, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I basically just, I, yeah, nah. <laughs> um, okay, question number two: What state? Is the track Rolling Wheels Speedway located? Is it A, New York, B, Ohio, C, Kansas? These are actually hard questions. Here we go for this American stuff. <laughs> I was expecting it's only Australian. Two, it's only two. Well, oh, no, actually, I've got NASCAR and then some Trans Am. Yeah, they actually all are American. Uh, well, <laughs> well, Brooks, Brooks Rolling the one that's done Okay, I'll go again. What, number two, what state is the track Rolling Wheels Speedway located? Is it A, New York? B, Ohio, C, Kansas. And anyone listening in the comments when it comes out on social media, you can put it in in the in the comments as well. I think it's going to be C. C, Kansas. Oh, wrong again. It's A, <laughs> New York. Is, I didn't know this either. When I saw that, I was like, oh, shit, what do you know? Trying, I was just trying to say, like, Rolling Wheels, New York just doesn't sound yeah, as I know good as Rolling Wheels, Kansas. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, it's got to be. This is the question that I got right, and I hope you get this one right. <laughs> right. All right, Brooke put this one. Okay, she's, it's number three. How much horsepower does a NASCAR engine have, NASCAR Cup engine have? Is it A, 6 to 700, B, 700 to 800, or C, 800 to 900? They got, they got restricted pretty big. Oh. So. Well, what do you reckon it is? This is after restrictions? No, this is what it was before that, after. After restrictions. Oh, 
What was, was it? What was it before a goal, goal got melted down a bit? Oh, I'd say it'd be around the, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely in the either 700 to 900 region. Mm-hmm. Marcus is going to probably shoot me up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think How much eight, is they were 850, weren't they? Eight, like C? Is that C, correct. Yeah. We'll go with yeah. that one. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You locked in C. What, what were they? They're eight hundred to nine hundred. Correct. Yeah. What was the actual? Oh, I, did, actual I didn't number? have. I didn't have the actual number. Yeah. Okay, that's right. We say you yeah. got that right. Probably eight fifty was correct. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh well. I'm I happy think with the that. next one's. I think the next one's fair. The next one's actually quite interesting, and I don't know if you've watched NASCAR documentaries, but I have. Um. <laughs> all right. Who was the first woman in? Hang on, who was the first woman to race in NASCAR? Was it A, Janet Guthrie, B, Danica Patrick, C, Amelia Earnhardt, or D, Shauna Robinson? <laughs> the D threw me off there. Yeah. Same with me, by the way. Don't fall too bad. Who, who was I again, sorry? Janet Guthrie, B, Dan- Danica Patrick, C, Amelia Earnhardt, or D, Shauna Robinson? I think it was Guthrie. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. it was. You got yeah. two, two out. out. That's two out of four. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same path as me. This is the decider, this question. This is the decider. This is if I get shit all good. And you've been racing so much Trans Am that I'm pretty sure you're- Well, you Ameri- went to the US, so I was like, you know, it's uh, a fair game. Yeah, it's in the history. But, yeah. Yeah. In what year and what state was Trans Am first held in the US? In what year was the first- this is, this is not an A and B one. This is just a standard question. What year and what state was Trans Am or TA2 first held in the US? <clears throat> 1966, was it? Shit. Was it dead. Yeah, you nailed that one. Can you name the state? Just to top it off. State. I'll give you some, I'll give you a hint because Brooke gave me a hint when I was going through these. It's yep. near the water. In America. Oh, that, that does not narrow down for me. <laughs> That's a big country, yeah. right? Yeah. Dan's like deep south. I'm like deep south near the water. Deep oh, south near the water. There you go. 1966. Think of like a bogan state in America that would have. Lots of parties. Does it start with M? Okay, I'll give you a hint. Because you got 1966. It has crocs there. <laughs> <laughs> the only type of crocodile I know in America is Turtle Man. Oh. That's the only thing I know, but. Um, okay. Well, they state. call them it's alligators. A, it's, a, it's a wild state. Actually, you know what they mem? They mem this state on the internet. They mem everything on the yeah. internet. What kind True. of narrow? Yeah, you're, you're really not. not no, uh, no, I'm not nailing it, am I? They got the party city there. Yeah, the party city. The only reason we're keeping this oh. going is because you got 1966. Oh, uh, I or my? I, I feel yeah, like you're going right there. That's mm-hmm. in the Miami, and it's within yeah. Florida. Wait, what? We're Florida. Florida. Oh, I always yeah. thought Miami was a state. 1966. <laughs> so that was the first year in state where Trans Am was 19. Oh, fu- I'm st- I tell you, what, Brooke and I are stoked that you got 1966 for a start. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, Florida. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So we- I don't know. Is that two? That's two and a half. That's two and a half. Two and a half. Via Brooks. Well, at oh, least right. a time with cricket. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You don't feel too bad. <laughs> All right. Let yeah. me check under the, the naughty desk and see what you got. Oh, dude, what's he found now? Cricky got a little a little meerkat friend yesterday. I think this should actually yeah. encourage you at the racetrack, this this prize. There you go. Oh, there we go. My oh, little, little My Little Pony. My Little Pony. <laughs> it's, a, it's an Audi version, My, my Lovely Honey. What did is you, that? Did you say you've got nieces now? My little, yeah, I do. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, awesome. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's Christmas sorted for them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll break the seal and they can have the, the mirror and the horse yeah. separate. By the way, dude, um, apart from this whole podcast, which has gone awesome, by the way, it's been awesome to have a chat with you after 
so hard getting in contact with you and whatnot. Yep. Um, dude, I'm wrapped that you came on. Hey, like yeah, no, you, thanks you, for having me. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a while since being on a podcast, so yeah, yeah it, was, it was different. Try not to drop any f bombs or anything. So yeah. uh, it's all yeah. good. We can it's swear and do whatever we want on this podcast. So <laughs> yeah. good. That's all right. Yeah, yeah I but um, think I survived that one. So yeah, yeah. cheers, man. No, cheers for having right, me. So. Thanks. Thank you, thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of On the Couch with Hooli. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. And to help us grow, please leave a rating or review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. For extra content, check out our YouTube and social channels. You can find all the links in the show notes. See you next week.